Hey, what's up, listener? Thank you for pressing play. This week on the Jock and Nerd podcast, we got geek news and reviews. We talk Ant-Man and the Wasp opening box office numbers and discuss tons of casting news for Spawn, the Spider-Man sequel, Star Wars Episode Nine, and Shazam. Plus, you're going to get our spoilery thoughts on Season 2 of Marvel's Luke Cage on Netflix, listener voicemails, and a whole lot more. All in this edition of the Jock and Nerd Weekly for Wednesday, July 11th, 2018. Check. Check one. All right. This is really fans out there. Let's give it up. Jock and Nerd. Be funny. Disturb it. Jock and Nerd. Spoiler alert. Oh, what's up, listener? How's it going? Thanks for tuning in, and welcome to the Jock and Nerd Podcast. Jock and Nerd! Where we give you comic book and superhero TV and movie news, reviews, and whatever we choose. My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the jock. And he's the nerd. And he's the rug boy. Wagwan rugs. What's up, man? Them call me rug master. Them call him rug master, man. Best bourbon this side of Harlem. That's bourbon? right. <laughs> Rugmaster bourbon. You never tried it? Oh, that's right. It's it, You can only find it in the puppet speakeasies in the back alleys. Late yeah. at Puppet Rugmaster bourbon. Wait a minute. We should sell that. <laughs> we're going to white label. We're going to white label some bourbon. And uh, sell it on the streets. Yeah, we should get like our crew at the nation to figure out how to make Rugmaster bourbon happen. It needs to be made in a bathtub. With we uh, need cotton. someone from the nation that is into making their own, brewing their own beer or making alcohol, and then we need to label this shit. Yeah, or, or we could just buy bourbon and slap a label on it and say we made it. That's yeah. also imagine that, that would oh, be like a Patreon like perk. Yeah, get a Rugmaster, the highest tier. Get a Rugmaster bourbon. Hey, if you're a first time listener. Thank you so much for picking our show. There's a couple of things you should know that you should do. Here's how you get around all this. Uh, visit our website for show notes. Every episode, it's got a bunch of links to what we talk about, how to subscribe, and you can find it simply by going to jockinerd.com slash 229. You'll find the links for this episode. And there's a new link, very important, before we get, we're going to do a little bit of news, and we're of course, we're going to review Luke Cage Season 2 on Netflix. Wagwan, it was good. Very good man. Uh, there is a new place you can listen to the show. There's uh, there's some news for Android users to get you very excited. Uh, the last big player in podcast apps has finally stepped into the ring, and I'm talking about Google. Google has released a podcast app that's available only on Android phones. Now, I'm a fucking Apple fanboy. I will profess. I have three Apple computers in front of me. I got an iPhone. I fucking love Apple. Always will. But I understand internationally, there's way more fucking Android phones. Is there really? Oh yep. yeah. Huh. The like we Apple iPhone is a fraction of users. So the stats are most podcast listeners have iOS devices, but that's only because the pod, it comes with a podcast app. It's so easy to send a link. You click it, it opens right in your phone if you have an iPhone. Right. Google has now done the same thing. If you have an Android, just go to jockandnerd.com slash Google. It will take you to the Google podcast app in the Play Store. You can subscribe there and you can add it to your home screen. And then you're literally one tap away to our shows. And they're From right our there. our fucking faces and our 
damn dirty opinions. That's right. And it does one other unique thing. This is Google, after all. Everyone searches on Google. It will recommend podcasts based on shit you search. It's like a Netflix recommendation. But it knows everything about you. It's Google. So, of course, it's going to, like, you search for fucking uh, basket weaving. Here's a basket weaving podcast. You might like this. Very cool. I don't think any other podcast app is doing that. So, you can find us there now. I guess it's huge. It's a big thing for people to get there. Because, mm. uh, Rugs, do you have an Android or an iPhone? I have both. Oh, you have both. And isn't on the Android, isn't it a little bit difficult to, like, get the podcast or get an app? You need app? an app. You need to, like, get Podcast Addict or some other fucking Stitcher or something like that. This one, look, I'm telling you, just go to jockinerd.com slash Google. Try it out. Google knows what you like, and you will like this show. All right, you bastards. Let's get to the news. The Jock and Nerd Podcast. Our last episode, if you haven't checked it out, we reviewed Ant-Man and the Wasp. Geek Boner. Very fun movie. And we turned it out really quick. We didn't have opening number weekends. Here's what it made opening weekend. Domestically, seventy-six million dollars. Hmm. I think I think I think that's a respectable opening, despite the fact it fell short what everyone was predicting. Like we even thought it was going to go hundred million, but for Ant Man, this is what it should make. I mean, it made twenty-five million more or twenty million more than the first one opening weekend. I don't think How that's much did bad. It cost? Uh, you know what? The budget isn't here, but I heard somewhere. Cost like it's once one seventy one yeah one sixty one seventy. It's already made that worldwide. Worldwide, it's sitting at one seventy eight. So I don't think it's as a, of today. I got actually on here. You got what do you have here? Seventy six. Yeah, yeah. Did you say ninety three almost? Now? Not, yeah, it's at ninety two, yeah. almost ninety three million domestic. Now look, not the numbers of uh, Infinity War, Black Panther, no. but it doesn't matter. It's all. I mean, it matters. I mean, it matters. Don't say it it's ninety three as of today. Yeah, ninety three as of today. It does matter, but it's icing on the cake for Marvel at this point. I mean, it still matters. It's it's not the $100 million opening or the $85 million opening that people were predicting on the high end, but as Imran mentioned, it's still $20 million more than the first one that came out. Wow. So it's a, it's, a, it's a success. It's not a rousing success. It's not, let's get fucking crazy about this, but Marvel's happy. But I think this is what they expected. Like, they're not like Warner Brothers, like, expecting every movie to fucking What was open the previous big. Ant-Man? There was 60? Opened around 58. 50, oh. Yeah, 58 or 55. So, so this opened 20 yeah. mil more. Yeah. Okay. It's respectable. I don't think everyone should be like, oh my God, I made 76. No, no, no. It's good. Is, That's great for It's Ant-Man. It's a small. It's good. It's not. Honestly, I expected more. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's it's still solid. It's decent. And uh, uh, I, I did not expect it to be that number. That low, really? Not that it was low. It just. I really thought it was going to go like at least in the nineties. Yeah. And it has a bit of competition coming up. So it'll be interesting to see where it ends up. It may get buried really quickly, but again, 20 for 20, number one openings. Oh shit. For Marvel. It's going to have some legs just because the, the release dates internationally are oh, so that's scattered. Right. That's right. It hasn't opened in the UK August 3rd. So there's going to be another boost there. So I think yeah, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Uh, let's move into, there's a whole bunch of crazy casting news that came out this week. I wanted to fly through these. Get your guys' thoughts on this. Starting with M'Baku from Black Panther, Winston Duke. Uh, he is going to play Kimbo, Kimbo Slice. Slice in the biopic called Backyard Legend. Oh, shit. Anthony, who is Kimbo Slice? Kimbo Slice is a Backyard Legend. Uh, he is a guy that got famous on YouTube because... 
He was big and buff and put in videos out on YouTube of him knocking fools out uh, in backyard street fights. That's early YouTube, man. He's YouTube famous. Wow, okay. He was YouTube famous, and then he got so famous that he was signed by, at the time, it was called Elite XC, and he was the actually first ever televised main event on uh, basic network television. So he was on CBS. He was the first, he was the main event. Whoa, on the first MMA on TV. The first MMA on regular, not cable TV. On network TV. TV. Network TV, wow. yeah. Wow. No, I remember hearing about Kimbo Slice as like this, yeah, this backyard he brawler He was in the UFC, dude. too. I used to watch the videos back in the Dizzy. Yeah, but like, what um, year was this? Are we talking? This was like- 2005. Yeah, that's yeah, the first year of YouTube. Yeah, this is very early YouTube. Yeah. Uh, is his story- He's guys, dead now. He, he did die in 2016. That's right. Yep. Real name, Kevin Ferguson. Yep. Uh, but do you guys think his story is worthy of a biopic? Will this be entertaining? Is it interesting? I'm sure it's entertaining. Yeah, he's got a. He, I think he was in jail for a long time prior to this. I think he he had a lot of random jobs. I think, I'm and I'm not 100 percent sure, but I think he was involved in in a kind of a shadier life and made it out by knocking fools out on the street. Damn, this <laughs> a, this, a, this dude's almost like a real life. What did he die of? Heart attack? Yeah, I think he had like cardiac arrest and. Don't call me on that, but I believe it was heart problems. I can look that up too. That but, looks cool. Uh, he sounds like a like a real life Luke Luke Cage. He, almost. he looked. I mean, if you ever, I don't know if you've ever seen him in run, but I mean, he looked like a comic book character. Yeah, in yeah. Real life. Yeah. I mean, that name is great, Kimbo Slice, and uh, he died of heart failure. Oh, he did. Yeah. Uh, Winston Duke, I think, uh, looks the he, part. By the way, quite young. He was forty-two. Jesus! Wow. If, it was Amron. If oh, I had shit. to speculate, how you making me nervous? This is pure speculation. I would assume he had done a, a good amount of uh, Roid. steroids in his yeah. life, yeah, and and maybe a good amount of cocaine. Probably, just probably. like Imran, probably like Imran. same uh, as Imran. Oh, Imran, dear. you scared now, Imran? Uh, Twenty nineteen. I hope I see it. Let's not. This is uh, wow. Look, I can live longer than Kimbo Slice. I'll be happy. Be a happy man. No, I think this will be. Uh, I love biopics like this. This looks sounds like a Winston be fucking Duke's awesome. a good actor. The only yeah. thing I would say about Winston Duke is he's got to get real fucking ripped to he's look. Gonna like have Kimbo to get Slice. huge. Yeah. Yeah. What's Kimbo like? He's a, he's big. Winston Duke is a big dude, but he's kind of. Uh, I would go with big Luffy? boned. Yeah. A little chunky. Kimbo is chunky, muscular, right? He was no, like Kimbo was ripped. Oh, he up, was man. ripped. He was oh. built like yeah, a brick shit house. Yeah, Holy shit! Would, yeah, you don't want to fuck with Kimbo. No, you, he was a guy shit. like you would look. You would walk in like if you if he came up like to a you street on the fighter street, character. Yeah, yeah. If right. he came okay. up to you on the street, you would not want to fuck with that. <laughs> Damn, guy. he was not and not actually all that good in MMA, but because um, he just was good at laying people out. He's yeah. just a, like a brawler. He was just a brawler. brawler. He was just a brawler. Yeah. He was just a street fighter with some basic boxing experience and, and was just knocking people out bare knuckle. There's one fight on YouTube where he just destroys someone and this guy's eye just comes out of his oh, fucking face. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, shit. Yeah. Wow. I mean, look, a lot of this rem- kind of reminds me of the Luke Cage. Uh, only Street fighter character is a good comparison. Yeah, it's yeah. a good street fighter. Yeah. Damn, that looks cool. I'll be, I'll be in. Great that. name, too. Great nickname. Kimbo yeah. Slice. I wonder where that came from. I wonder if that'll be in the movie. It probably will. Probably it'll probably be like all in one day, like solo. <laughs> yeah, all this shit happened in <laughs> you, one day. You be, you got nicknamed solo. You got the Millennium Falcon. I got YouTube famous in twenty four hours. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and the big fight happens tonight. Wow, what a convenient, what a coincidence. <laughs> what, a great day. what the fuck? Uh, all right, let's not do that. Whoever's doing this. Uh, moving on. Next casting news: Hawkeye Jeremy Renner 
is joining Jamie Foxx and Todd McFarlane's low-budget Spawn movie as Detective Twitch. What a power move that is right there. It's like a shitty move for Jeremy Renner because yeah. he could be in better movies than this. But, but Todd is now killing it with this casting. Yeah, because like he can carry the whole movie, Jeremy Renner. Well, he's going to have to because I think Twitch Williams, Detective Twitch, is going to be like the main guy. It's, isn't it Sam and Twitch were the detectives in the book? Yeah. So you're going to have to cast Sam. These guys are going to be the main guy, and Jamie Foxx will just like pop in the background every now and then. But damn, uh, I, I'm, I'm <laughs> Jeremy Renner is like, let me add this. I'll do this for Blumhouse. Good for good for them, I guess. Well, you know, you hire the right actor that can carry your movie. Hopefully, even if it's not that great, he could probably at least act like it's good. These guys must be taking huge pay cuts too to be in this movie. He does not. He's got like ten million to make this movie. So they just must really do it for the sheer joy and the, the maybe fun the of part's it. interesting to him. He's like a cop. He yeah. gets to solve a crime. Well, Todd did write the script, and he's writing and directing. That's the only thing that still makes me nervous a little bit. You know, Jeremy Renner a getting a lot of screen time. It's it's good for him. Yeah, he needs something to do. He's been looking rather depressed lately. He gets Jeremy to Renner? throw an awesome yeah, no, mustache. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> Who knows what he does? Come on, everybody wants to have a mustache. Henry Cavill had one. <laughs> That's we right. All, all... And if you don't, you can just CG and I. Where were you, Hawkeye? I loved Jeremy Renner in the town. Oh, yeah, yeah. he's good in that. He's good in Hurt Locker. I have not been impressed though with his Marvel career. Well, Did you see the one where he's in the in in Alaska? I don't yeah, know, but Alaska. Pretty funny. Yeah, that's an old callback, old joke, bro. That is a bad joke. Yeah. Uh, Look, he's that, a good actor. Like and nineteen ninety-eight. If he continues with like <laughs> getting good casts, this movie actually may be lots of fun. So I'm kind of getting excited for the Spawn. Uh, look, before we continue, I got to tell the listener to join us where we all hang out at our exclusive Facebook group called the Jock and Nerd Nation. It is a closed group just for our listeners. And we get new listeners every week. I would like to welcome new listeners joining this week. Trace Hara. Hare, Hare. I don't know how you say his name. John Campbell. We got more about John later. Raja Tayab. Peter Kavathi. B-Joy D-Ray. I love that. I have his album. That, dude, I love his second album. It was the best. <laughs> yeah. B-Joy. DJ B-Joy. And then this next name, again, is in a foreign language. Some type of Cyrillic alphabet rugs. Take a stab at this. How would you pronounce this? Corbeck Rockpectamon. Mr. Mitzaplik. Maybe yeah. if he can get him to say his name backwards, he will disappear. So, uh, Corbett, that's not his name. I'll call him that for now. He gave us me a little bit of a hint. He said, my surname is Jess. Anthony, you should be able to say these words better than me. Uh, Jastrzebski. Oh, there you go. See, the Polish in you is coming out. But you have to figure out my first name. So I did put it in the Google Translate this time. Came you up. put it, the Cyrillic? Into- I, yes, I put the Cyrillic into Google Translate. It told me it was Ukrainian. Mm. And it told me the first name is Sylvester. Oh, shit. Nice. So, Mr. Mitzaplik, let me know if that's correct. Corbeck, Rectopoctamon, whatever your name is. <laughs> I just tried to read the Cyrillic. I just like turned all the letters around yeah. so they were facing the right Let's direction see, and then tried to read R, it. Upside down. So P. we have two people that have weird names, Russian uh, names. Uh, no, or, the other one was Hindi. Wait, we have Corbeck Rectopoctamon. Yeah, no, but his name is Sylvester Jastrzebski. 
no, I don't, that I don't understand. Pectimon is something <laughs> is, is basically it. me trying to translate his name, which is oh. like all Cyrillic letters, like all backwards and shit. Got it. That was, ru- that, was oh, letters around. that was Rug Boy. That yeah. was Rug's uh, guess. I was so confused. I'm like, wait, we got two people with these Russian looking names? I like Corbett. I think your new name is going to be Corbett. I think I want to name uh, my first child Corbett Rukpaktiman. Corbett Rukpaktiman is a great name. Anyways, if you want us to fuck <laughs> up your name, join the Facebook group. Uh, jockandnerd.com slash community will take you there. Okay, check out this casting news. Fucking Billy D. Williams is coming back as Lando Calrissian oh, in shit. Star Wars Geek 9. Mona. Uh that's I kind of like I kind of enjoy that. That's fun. Are they gonna kill him too, though? Probably. Uh, <laughs> is his son gonna be on just to die? Is he they're gonna find his son and his son will kill him? Uh, yeah. I'm glad because uh, he was kind of the last piece missing. The original trilogy cast. You want to know what Lando's been up to? Is he still smooth? Is he still drinking Colt 45? I don't know. But we'll find I'm trying out. Trying to think of obscure character. Is he to still make trying Star to fuck War. robots? Is he still trying? Oh, that's right. Is he so still? I'm trying to think of an obscure character that from Star Wars, but I just don't know enough about the. You don't know history. Like he's there. trying to fuck robots that don't look remotely like a human being. Did he ever get <laughs> just, to fuck a robot? Is he still Donald Glover? He just sticks his dick in the Millennium Falcon. Uh, 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 interface. Like here. who else could they bring oh, back? Shit. Uh, who else did we that scene? You could bring back. Like Wicket the Ewok. You can bring him back. <laughs> we haven't seen him since Jedi. What about Jar Jar Binks? No, uh, you don't want to do that. You don't want to nah. do that? I Did don't he ever die? I don't, I, uh, uh, that's a good question. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember. But Redeem what about Jar Jar Binks? Wedge uh, Antilles? He died, though, didn't Wedge he? Wedge Antilles died. Yeah. Also, Carrie Lus- Russell, uh, I think she's in the cast now. They've uh, She's been added to Star Wars Episode oh. Nine. Uh Of course... Uh, there it's probably going to be another divisive. another white female character. That's all we need. <laughs> it's probably going to be another oh. fucking huge divisive movie, and no one's going to agree. And uh, we'll get into more of that later. We need a Latina in there in the Star Wars. Yeah, where are all the Latinas in the Star Wars? J-Lo. in the future. Where are the Indian people in the in the past in the future? Yeah, didn't we get Indian? Was there Indian guy in Star Wars? Rogue War, Rogue One, no. Mm. Yeah, we had the one guy that was the former like. Oh, uh, Riz Ahmed. Riz Ahmed. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's not he, Indian. He's Packy, dude. He's represented. But he died, of course. The one guy, and they have to kill him. Everybody in that movie died. That's so. a good yeah. point. Spoilers, uh, but that's uh, Riz Ahmed was great. Uh, okay, moving on to the next crazy casting news. JB Smoove. You guys know JB Smoove? Yeah. He's hilarious. From uh, he's one of the funniest motherfuckers that ever walked. If the you've earth. ever seen, Cur- I, I Curb didn't your know who he was. Yeah, and then I looked him up, and I'm like, oh, he, I didn't recognize him. Curb your enthusiasm. I recognize him from the league, and he oh, was yeah. one of the one of the funniest episodes Dude, I've seen. JB Smooth is fucking hilarious. Just watch him on any Conan O'Brien interview. Yeah, he's he, great. Or, or Curb your enthusiasm. He's great. He Curb your enthusiasm as as Leon is fucking fantastic. He will be starring in Spider-Man Far From Home. Oh, shit. Yeah, look, they had Hannibal Burris in the I first movie. I like Hannibal Burris. He's great. Now one. they got J.B. Smoove. And the role, they're saying it's a it's a it's it's an important role, a lead role, but uh, they haven't said who it is. And I saw someone make the guess, like, what if it's, what if he's playing J. Jonah Jameson? Multiple people have guessed that. Jameson, I think that would be, <laughs> I think I would watch that, dude. I think that would be hilarious. What do the Spider-Man fans think of that? Wow. What do you think, Ruggs? Would you like him I as mean, Jameson? This is like kind of like a weird thing here yeah. for me because yeah. I love J.B. Smoove. I really love watching him in anything. Absolutely. But is he J. Jonah Jameson? I mean, J.K. Simmons is clearly J. Jonah Jameson, but 
They're changing the fucking character this much anyways. Fuck it. Why not? Go, I thought Ice Cube would made a good J. Jonah Jameson. <laughs> no, I, I think that would have been great, right? Yeah, but see, JB Smooth doesn't seem like the guy that would be like a hater guy. No, it would might be a completely different Jameson. Like they may change the character, but he could play like over the top, like mad. I kind of like it. <laughs> I think that could be interesting. I'm so like, I don't know. I'm so perplexed by this because right? like I love JB Smooth, but like I don't know what is he. What's Jameson going to be like with him? Oh, but we don't know he's playing Jameson. It's just, that was, everyone is making the guess. Oh, but. it would be the craziest casting. I don't know. If, it's someone, is it a major character? That, yeah, it's someone like, you know, at this apparently. point in time, like they fucking fucked up Spider-Man so much. I don't even care anymore. Right, that's what like, I'm what saying. What they do. Yes. The only person, the other person I could think of that's somewhat major, not as major as Jonah Jameson is, uh, Miles Morales, dad. Oh, uh, in, yeah. Oh no, but oh, his dad. Yeah, oh. he got his uncle in the. He got his uncle. The yeah, Donald Glover was his uncle. Oh, oh, that could be interesting. That could be interesting. I didn't even think about that, but I would love it if they just made him but, James. Uh, J. Jonah James. <laughs> J. J. Jonah James. That's nuts. Is that a Jewish name, Jonah James? J. J- no, he wasn't. Was he Jewish? No, nah, he's like an American dude. Just an American dude. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Like I would see Brian Cranston for it, but that's what. Oh, that's what Cranston I'm... would be a great Jameson. I could see that. That would be good. Would you want, here's a question, would you want your J. Jonah Jameson to be kind of like a little bit of a, a bumbling fool like he was with the original trilogy? No, I would like him to be like a really just, like an Anthony Scaramucci or something. <laughs> the mooch? Just a fucking, like a, like, a, like a business dude, like a douche, mm-hmm. like Donald Trumpy kind of thing. Would you like him to, instead of being in charge of a newspaper, be in charge of a blog? <laughs> it, it, it might be like a, yeah it might be a blog well, i think of him as like, yeah. like the evil harvey levin from tmz oh yeah that like a a, a tabloid blog yeah because every time i think I'm, I'm trying to think of jb smooth now yeah. fast talking like yeah. jk yeah. simmons yeah. yeah you just can't jk simmons nailed that fucking character so well he's like, got to do i mean he's they're gonna have to do something that's who i always pictured do. jameson is exactly what jj jk simmons did it's amazing but they fucked with things so much. Who knows? Uh, no Doctor Strange cameo in the sequel. Maybe somebody will cameo. Yeah. It's not going to be Iron Man. I think someone That's might sure. cameo, but yeah, yeah, they're not doing... A, I read an interview, Fahey confirmed. No yeah. Strange, Strange. would have been fun, but there's still other people that could uh, have fun cameos. In- I heard some other people refer to Kevin Fahey as Kevin Feig. Uh, I don't know how you say his name. <laughs> Fiji? Fiji. 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 Feig. Fig. Someone, someone, look it up. Fig? <laughs> no. That fire? That's I just the yogurt. Wanna, I just want to stretch it to a Fig. almost an insult. <laughs> you fig. I'm saying his name. I'm not uh, pronouncing pronounce it. Fig. Fig. <laughs> Every time I eat that yogurt, I I feel bad. Sorry. Fig. We're so juvenile. How do you say this? Fig. Yeah. Fig. Hey, Kevin. Fig. Okay. <laughs> That's so stupid. It's uh, so bad. Here's some uh, next piece of casting news, uh, and we're gonna roll into some Shazam news. Jimon Hunsu. Who played, yes, I like that. Played Corvath in Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, I thought it was mustard. But no, Jim Jimon Groupon Poopa, Gray Poopon Mustard. Dijon Mustard is cast yeah. as the wizard in Shazam. That's interesting. Like the wizard, I guess. The creepy fucking wizard who gives uh, Billy Batson his powers. And we have our first look 
uh, Entertainment Weekly's put out this photo uh, of uh, Zachary Levi in the suit with a teenager next to him in front of a convenience store, and they're chugging sodas. Uh, what do you guys think? The suit looks like the fucking suit. Uh, looks like the suit. Looks like the suit. It still has a weird vibe of it being padded. Really? Uh, I guess yeah, it I, looks I, less padded. I don't know. I could see some of his muscles, but... He just look. I mean, he's just incredibly jacked. You would that, like us actually to be- him. Yeah, like he would like us to believe that that's no, all him. No, there's some shoulder pads going yeah, it's on. All him. Come on now. What does this tell you about the tone of the movie? Like, I'm again. Like, look, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be a comedy, right? Like, what is this? Yeah, what, it's gonna be a light comedy. Like everybody wants DC to do, they're gonna do it. So everybody complained. It's too dark. Now they're gonna do a comedy. Now go sh- go suck my ball. And everyone's gonna be like, the oh, costume my God. is comic book accurate. Yeah, I mean, how can you do a serious movie wearing that fucking costume? Is my question. But, but he's got to act like a fucking kid in a giant yeah. dude's body. He's got to pull Tom Hanks from Big. He's going to he's gonna have to channel that shit. Also, the cinematographer Maxime Alexandre has confirmed the tr- first trailer will drop Saturday of Comic Con, San Diego Comic Con, July twenty first. Oh shit! We'll Are be getting an Aquaman trailer too. Then we're night. probably gonna get Aquaman. We're probably gonna get something from Wonder Woman. Look, this San Diego Comic Con is a great opportunity for everyone else that's not Marvel. To bring their best shit. Uh, Godzilla, King of Monsters is going to be there. Marvel TV will be there, but not Marvel Studios. And Warner Brothers DC, I'm looking at you to impress. You got to fucking bring the good shit. You got to, you know, announce a Batman movie, maybe. Announce that you cast somebody. You need, they need something fucking big and meaningful to anchor Hall H, uh, I think, more than Aquaman. Marvel cleared out. They're like not doing it this year, so doing it. this is the time. It's a dudes. big hole, man. Fill this hole. Rise to the occasion. You, if you don't take advantage of this, you guys are fucking idiots, and that's for everyone showing at Comic Con. Like you, yeah, this is the shot. This is when this it kind of levels the playing. Yeah, it levels the playing field a little bit if you think about it. Yeah, I think Shazam you would mention, and I do, I do believe Aquaman is coming out at that same time. And I mean, I'm sure we'll see something from Wonder Woman because I think they're shooting that or whatever. Might see something, yeah. You might, and maybe we'll get some announcements of plans. And I think maybe like the stuff from the DC Universe streaming network, we may see some previews of those shows. We may yeah. see whole shows. They can take over the weekend. They, and they should. Saturday should be their day. People should be talking about nothing but Warner Brothers shit Saturday and Sunday in the next week if they do this right. Maybe they'll announce this next thing you have up. The next thing, this is a go. Uh, officially, last we talked about it, they were in talks. Joaquin Phoenix locked in in this Joker origin movie. They're starting to film it in September. Uh, this is legit happening. So, I'm, and you know what? I'm kind of excited. Todd Phillips directing. I think Joaquin Phoenix will make a fucking great Joker. Like I'm excited to see how if it's gonna be R-rated, if it's gonna be uh, how dark. I just want to see this take maybe, mm. and maybe it can ground the DC universe in a place where the reality is there. It's not so stylized. Yes, and it's gritty, and uh, you know the realism of the terror of this character actually being a, a real person. That's something to be terrified by. That can be that can be chilling if done yes. well. Yes. Also, I am. So, uh, let me give me a yeah. in my two cents. I I I am back and forth on this. I am excited to see this because I I do think there can be some legit terror. I like the the Joaquin Phoenix being casted. I think that's interesting. I listened to Mark Bernardin. Yeah. His opinion on this. Yep. Yep. And then I listen. I listened to that. and I was like a little bit swayed the other way, where it was like the whole appeal about behind the Joker is that you don't know. He is just yeah. chaos. Yeah. He is the fucking storm that comes in the middle of the night 
and you don't know how to prepare for it, and all you can do is, uh, ha- you know, hang out in its wake, basically. Right. And so when you explain so, so that, so when you explain that, it just takes does that all take away. away yes, something? yes, it does. does. Does it take away from the fact that this guy is just chaos incarnated? Well, I'll I'll have a ante to that. Okay. Okay. You ever watch uh, anything with Joe Pesci in? <laughs> uh, okay. The Martin Scorsese directed. Yeah. Yeah. All right. You talk. You think I'm funny? All right. You laughing at me? Yeah. Boom. I'm a fucking right. clown, and then he's you all fu- crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that type of idea of a person that any at any moment can go hom- homicidal. You don't really ex- know anything about Joe Pesci's character, really. That's you true. You just know that you don't want to fuck with this guy. So you could keep an air of mystery and yep. in an air of whatever and still go in that direction. But who knows if they're going to actually stick the landing on this? Like right. They could probably fuck it up big time. So they're describing this as an exploration of a man disregarded by society that is not only a gritty character study, but also a broader cautionary tale. Uh, I love that description. It reminds me of kind of Taxi Driver. They could do a taxi driver type of thing. And also the budget is only $55 million. So this is going to be a nice low budget. It's going to have to be all in the drama, in the acting, in the writing. But I agree with Ruggs. I think they can do that and keep the air and just make him a psycho without giving away too much of why. Look, you don't I'm, more, I'm more down on this. I'm, I'm for this way more than anything with Jared Leto. Absolutely. Juggalo oh, yeah. Joker. Absolutely. <laughs> we can cl- do This could be a palate cleanser. This could be the movie that kind of like, all right, this is a direction we can go with Joker that's legit. Now, if they change everything about the Joker and it's Joker in name only, then I'm going to be pissed off. I mean, I hope they kind of do a little bit of like what you saw in the Killing Joke and the and the uh, uh, just this guy who's down on his luck and takes a job and it goes bad. Uh, but I don't know. The character yeah, study That, that was the one bad day thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of like... I, I, I've. Like, kind of like the idea of them doing something where they, they tell his origin and by the end of it, they're like, you're, it's like from his viewpoint they're, and he, at the end of it, it's like, wait a minute, no, a lot of this didn't actually happen the way you remembered it. Right, right. Oh, that's like, cool. Yeah. What yeah. was real? What was, yeah. you know, what wasn't real? Well, and that's the best thing about, you know, Heath Ledger's Joker, even though, so this is my question. Like, if you're doing the origin, are you doing the, uh, the dude pushed into a vat by Batman origin? Because... The Heath Ledger Joker, that wasn't his origin, and it was still fucking no. amazing. Well, it his didn't matter. Was his, that was the whole point, is he would tell a different origin yeah, every time. Every time. He but him. he was, you know, he wasn't affected chemically, his skin, he was wearing makeup, but it didn't, like, nobody called him out on that. Like, oh, this he is had scars. Different. He had he something. Had, he did have scars. To relate him to. Yeah, yeah. He had some kind of disfigurement. Just amazing that interpretation that of That would make Joker. him an outsider. Yep, yep. That would make him a freak and... uh so, yeah, let's see. I've seen some of the fan art that people are making of Joaquin, and I just think he looks like he'll make a fucking badass Joker. He just always well, looks dark. Well, what's the reason that Heath, Leather, Heath, Heath Ledger's Joker is so good? You, it's He is chaos. You don't know what he's yeah, going to he do whenever he enters the room. Yeah. Yeah, so basically, all of this cartoony bullshit of the Joker is out the window. It does, yeah, it doesn't work in that. It doesn't have anything to do with the comics, really. Other than that, he challenges Batman. He enjoys challenging Batman. Like you, he didn't really have a laugh, but it didn't matter. You know, he had a laugh. He did have a laugh. Yeah, I don't remember what it sounded like. It wasn't like you'd walk in and he'd be like, ah, ah, ah. Oh, he did do ah. that. And then, or he'd be like, <laughs> like do one of those. <laughs> it was yeah, he did a couple of laughs. It was more yeah. organic though, though. It really like it did feel organic and not forced, like it was supposed to be. It like w- it was 
a Joker crafted by the Nolan universe, yeah, which is yeah. going to be super as, as yeah. realistic yeah. as you can get it. It's and I think that this is going to be a stone's throw away from that. Hopefully, if they can get close to that with the, I mean, you know, with this talent and this budget, uh, I think it'll be exciting. What else is exciting is this last bit of news before we take a break. Uh, fucking RoboCop is returning, everyone. Oh, shit. And it's going to be called RoboCop Returns, directed by Neil Blomkamp, who did District 9 and Chappie. District 9's amazing sci-fi movie. But here's the best part. The original writers, Ed Neumeyer and Michael Miner, are coming back, and they have planned this as a sequel to the first movie. Oh, shit. They're pulling like a Halloween or like oh, a Terminator. Cool. Holy shit. Just disregard two and three. I, I actually never saw the reboot. I, uh, I, it, I I can't remember if I it's saw not it. Good. It was forgettable. It's not good. I don't remember. I hated it. that suit. Yeah. Yeah, it was very forgettable. It wasn't like a horrible movie, but it's just Robocop and name only. It seemed generic, like very generic. Yeah, very generic. Uh, I like Neil Blum- Blumkin. Yeah. I like Blumkin. Uh, Give him a Blumkin. Give him a Blumkin. I like Neil Blumkin oh, a lot. Yeah. Um, I like most of his movies, even, even the ones that don't quite work, sure. are still pretty good. Sure. He's great with machinery. He is. He has He's a great definite, with cyborgs. He has a definite like style. That. He's great with action. He's great with action. He likes to get gory. Yeah. It's a perfect match right here. Because Paul Verhoeven, the original, that was Verhoeven, right? Who did the but first Verhoeven one? Verhoeven is a fucking twisted genius. Dude, though. that shit was disturbing and violent in ways that you were not expecting it's in a still, movie it's called It's still Robocop. one of the greatest movies. It is. Robo- sci-fi Robocop movies. is one of my favorite it's, sci-fi it is. movies. It's amazing. Time. Yeah. And, and the thing is, too, is you got to, from my perspective, Growing up as like RoboCop is this like cartoony character as a kid watching the cartoons and playing the video games, and then you, you're like, man, I want to I want to watch the legit live action RoboCop, yeah, and you throw yeah. that on, and it's, I'm like, holy fuck, so Tom, what are we watching? Dark, <laughs> Dude, I, there's two things I'll never forget watching it. I, I watched it when I was young. Uh, when uh, what's his name? Uh, what's his name in this movie? Uh, Murphy. 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 Yeah. When Murphy, when they blast his arms off. Oh yeah. Uh, that left a fucking image in my head. That was they were just so tortured him. Br- yes, it They're was just so shooting brutal. his hands, shooting his legs. And then when that like uh, mutated fat guy exploded on the front of the car. Oh yeah. <laughs> I always remember that fucking scene. They go too. in the the acid pit. Yes. Then yeah. they come out as a monster. I mean, there's so much gore in that movie. I mean, if this movie, I mean, it's never, that's a thing. It is, RoboCop is so much to live up to. It's like, you can't even make a good sequel. It's like all the Terminator sequels besides Terminator 2 yep, yep, yep. are just not good. Well, there were a lot of problems with this RoboCop sequel. I, I remember they're hearing that they, they had originally a better script, but it got hacked up and they took out a lot of the, the stuff that uh, made the original RoboCop what it was. Yeah, Frank Miller wrote it. Yeah. Well, he did the yeah the third one, but they've been planning. No, the second one. The, oh, he wrote the second one. These guys have been planning this try uh, this movie for a while, and uh, it's finally the only thing I would happening. say is, and I, I know we're fans of RoboCop. I don't know if there's is a it demand anymore for RoboCop. I yeah. think this is similar to the to the Predator thing. Where yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. We might care. It was of its time also. Yeah. Does this time actually give a fuck about RoboCop? Well, they tried to make a PG-13 RoboCop that was generic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That does not work. Sucked balls. Right. I mean, you know, I own it. I've never had the (laughs) desire to watch it. When you buy a DVD and you never watch it, there's something wrong with the movie. Yeah. Um, So... Maybe they're trying to, like, go back and, like, they just want to get you thinking about RoboCop again. And see if that, that interests people as a property. I don't think it's going to make a shitload of money, but 
It depends on what they're gonna, how much money they're gonna throw at this movie. I mean, the first one was it had commentary, social commentary about you know the world and corporate America and I mean, stuff. Fucking weird ass commercials. Yeah, like uh, I'll buy. Was that I'll buy that for a dollar on yeah. the, on the commercial. Right. So could you do something uh, with corporate America today and Wall Street and I don't know, fucking. Uh, AI, you'd have to come. You'd have to do it a little differently. Yeah, yeah but Blomkamp's good with that too. He is and good. At, yeah. the, and the original writers are good with that, probably too. The original writers are probably like eighty years old. They gotta <laughs> be old. Hopefully, they got another good idea left in them. I'm excited by all these things. Like, I love that it. it's going to be a sequel to the first movie. Original writers, Blomkamp's great director. Bring out the Robocop. Fuck it. Why not? You're making a fucking Predator. No one's going to go see that. <laughs> make this one well, like, uh, they already made a shitty RoboCop yes, sequel yes so go back so, to the original I mean they made a lot of shitty RoboCop yeah. sequels just bring the original so suit it's back like, you can't really you know it's like there's nothing more you can do to fuck, fuck it up mm. so maybe you bring Peter Weller back as like an old RoboCop and then you pass it on to like a new RoboCop yeah bring back RoboCop is still, the original is, is still the test of time it's still awesome I agree I love the original oh, suit I, it's still I love that suit. I, it, it's, it, it, it still holds up yeah, it you, still looks like a fucking robot it, and it looks like a robot in a tank covered right. in a tank like you don't need to streamline it no he's a tank you want it to be blocky he's fucking heavy and slow but it doesn't matter because you can't knock him over you right. can't shoot him just fucking come with me uh, right on. Uh, I don't know that, when that's no, coming out, me. but that's so Terminator. That's the other one. Bitch. Sorry. What? What? Uh, I was. What I wanted to say was. Uh, what does he say? What does he says? Say? Uh, fuck. That's not what he says either. Rugs. What's the catchphrase? Oh, there's so many. I don't know. Dead or alive, you're coming with that's me. That's what I there was trying go. to remember. Dead or alive. <laughs> Uh, you've been terminated. <laughs> oh, that's the other one again. That's Damn it. One. Shit. All right. Look, let's take a break and uh, re reset ourselves. And we'll come back on the other side and review Luke Cage season two. Come quietly or there will be trouble. <laughs> After these messages, we'll be right back. What's up, everybody? This is Mr. Throwback Thursday from the Mr. Throwback Thursday podcast. Along with my co-host, Bill, every Thursday... We bring you classic hip hop. Classic. classic. You know, all the good stuff, the stuff that you forgot about, the golden age, pre golden age, back to the original era. Each week we bring you hip hop headlines. So we let you know what's going on with your favorite artists from back in the day. We bring you Woo News. We dedicate an entire segment just to the Wu Tang Clan every week. Wu Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with. We bring you two records. One is a one and done. One is a record of the week. We give you an artist of the month. We give you all the classics. Classic. Come and check us out. Every week we're on iTunes, Stitcher, and at MrThrowbackThursday.com. And if you remember nothing else, always remember, new school stale, old school fresh. Forgive the interruption, but I believe this requires your attention. If you ever believed Captain America was on the U.S. Olympic soccer team. If you ever thought that the Winter Soldier was that brace yourselves guy on the internet. And if you ever wondered just what would a raccoon do with a machine gun. Then don't let another week pass you by without tuning into Mighty Marvel Geeks. Mighty Marvel Geeks is your show about all things Marvel. With news, rumors, commentary, and interviews. As well as our weekly recommendations on what to pick up on New Comic Book Day. Official consulting hours are between 8 and 5 every other Thursday. 
That's Mighty Marvel Geeks on WeebyGeeks.net, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Hey listeners, sign up to our awesome fan club. Visit jockandnerd.com slash Patreon. And once you sign up, you get instant access to hours of bonus content just for our patrons. Uh, Got a shout out. Huge thank you to our latest patron signing up this week. John Campbell, who also joined the group. Thank you so much. He signed out. John Campbell, your stickers have been sent. They're in the mail. (laughs) I hope you enjoy the stickers and the bonus content you get. Can I give a shout out? Yeah. I want to give a shout out to loyal patron and Patreon contributor now, Chaz Hebert, because he makes me do some work. I like that. Everyone likes that. Um, I know know sports isn't our, our niche that we mostly go for, but... It's a it's a little uh, just a different flavor for you if you're paying on the Patreon. I like it. It's uh it's uh, we cover a little bit of everything, and there's like three uh, whole episodes of Jack Talk with Anthony and Chase. Yeah. There's four now. Yes, yeah. it's growing. It's growing, it, yeah. and it makes up for the fact that I haven't given my instant reactions to Luke Cage or Ant Man. So I'm sorry. It's bonus content you get. slash patreon Sign up today. Lots of fun. Okay. I'm still thinking about Detective John Campbell. Detective John, I'm Detective John Campbell. Thank you for joining. It's not a tumor. Oh, John Campbell joined our Patreon. <laughs> it's a kindergarten cop teacher. Yeah. <laughs> Detective John Campbell. You have to make a joke out of the name. That's yeah, the point. Absolutely. No. But his name was like so, it's honestly, it's so white that I had nothing to go with. So, yeah. sorry. Oh, shit. John Campbell. I'm what a police officer. What am I supposed I forgot that that was, uh, that was the I'm name. I'm a cop, you idiot. I'm a cop, you idiot. I'm a detective. Okay. Marvel's Luke Cage on Netflix season two. Full spoilers. Here's your spoiler alert. Strap yourselves in, you fucks. Spoiler time. Luke Cage, of course, published by Marvel Comics. First appearance, Luke Cage, Hero for Hire. Number one, June of 1972. Created by Roy Thomas, Archie Goodwin, and John Romita Sr. And this is the ninth season of Marvel TV on Netflix. Uh, it's is it nine? pretty wow. awesome. Yes. Well, Jesus. when we ranked them, yeah. So we got uh, it's 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 pretty amazing, and they're still kicking. And whether you know whatever happens with this uh, streaming service, whether they pull these off, I don't know. But for right now, they're here. Let's start off with opening thoughts. Who saw this the most recently? Because I watched this I a while ago. Okay, Anthony, opening thoughts on season two of the Luke Cage. Uh, opening thoughts. I liked it better than season one for sure. Okay. Although I think season one's first half, I don't think it ever got to that level of the first half of season one with yeah. Cottonmouth. Strong first half, yeah. Did we hit the, we hit the spoiler button. Sorry. We did. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Boom. Um, I liked it better than season one overall. Wasn't all that into the ending, per se. I will get um, to that, yes. But I really enjoyed like the gang warfare stuff. I really enjoyed the, the adding the flair of the Jamaican-Caribbean culture to this. Yeah. I think it, it really... Uh, no pun intended, spiced up the show. It was something that personally I haven't seen a lot of on TV recently is, yeah. is the, highlighting that Jamaican culture. Yeah. So I, I yep. thought this yep. was really fun. Um, so overall, I really enjoyed the show. No, I wouldn't say really enjoy. I enjoyed the show. I don't think it's as good as some of the other Netflix stuff. Yeah. Um, yep. I think one of my problems with it is I is a lot of times Luke Cage is actually the most uninteresting character in the entire thing. 
Yeah, um, Black but, Panther kind of suffered from that too. And Black yeah, Panther. But overall, I, I actually su- pleasantly surprised by the season, and I got pretty got through it pretty quickly. Usually with some of these, I, I it's a little slower burn for me. Really? But this one, I was really like interested in. Just That's interesting. All right, let's keep this going. Let's keep. Once I was hooked, I was hooked. Yeah. So overall, I, I actually enjoyed this and was pleasantly surprised. Okay, uh, Rugs, opening thoughts. My opening thoughts. Um, I think that the writing on this show is horrible. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, the characters on the show are great, and the acting is great. So even though, like, I'm not talking about writing of as in, say a uh, dialogue because that's very strong. Okay, there's what, a you're talking about between, plot. I'm talking about plot yeah. and moving things along yeah. and spinning its wheels yeah. and yeah. doing okay. things that are yeah. unnecessary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. So they spin their wheels a lot. But when they get to the nitty gritty and there's a dialogue scene that requires acting, the characters start to carry the show and it starts to build towards the middle. And then once it's you're in the middle, it's like now you're off and running. So it doesn't have that thing where like it's the first show where it dies out and Peter's out. Right. It kind of starts building and it's like a roller coaster ride when you get to the end. So um, it has better pacing than season one. The acting is top notch. The characters that they wrote are great uh, for the most part, but uh, it does get weighed down by this writing of pl- not being able to plot out a story properly. Uh-huh. And, and but uh, the but everything else is good. There were some there's some weak moments in the beginning, but um, overall, like they really upped their game. Um, I agree with Anthony about uh, Luke Cage being the weakest character. Mm. And um, that's, I mean, but I enjoyed it thoroughly. I was just like, the music was great. Yeah. Uh, you know, that having that, uh, the inclusion of other gangs from other cultures was great. You got to see a little bit of all, like the makeup of all these people uh, that kind of contributed to Harlem. You get some calls out to the past of like what happened to build this whole um, gang warfare. Yep. Some backstory. So you really do get like, a lot of stuff in this. That's really great. So I, I I liked it, even though in spite of things I could critique it, I liked it. Um, I mean, I'll agree with mostly, mostly both, both of you guys said, uh, but I really, I really love this season, man. The, uh, the, it was a slow start, but it, you really got to uh, get to care about these characters. I loved how there was one main villain instead of splitting the season in half and uh, kind of a nice complex interweaving storyline. I loved how every side character kind of had important shit to do and they had very compelling story arcs. Like I thought it was, that was handled very good. I love how it got darker than the first season. And I do. I like this better than the it's first more season, violent for sure. but it's still fun when it needs to be like a lot of this reminded me of shades of like Spike Lee and John Singleton, where the show is political, but it doesn't, it also has fun moments and uh, they, they balance it well. And I think this is a better use of the 13 episodes. It's still like two episodes too long. There is some filler. I see what you're saying, Ruggs. They'll, they sometimes they show you things they already told you or yeah. they, they do the thing where the guy's going to tell you what he's going to do. And then he does it. And then he tells you that he just did it. Like yeah. they do that a lot. And there's a bunch of filler. 
But man, the musical performances to me just fucking sold it. And the the the, the I love how they didn't water down the Jamaican Caribbean culture and uh, contrast it with like African American culture, hip hop culture, fucking the Caribbean uh, accent. Like you just walk around talking like that. It's so great. I had the captions on, so I got to understand me what they too. were saying. Me too. I had to do it too. But somebody, I forget who posted in in the in the nation. I think it was Wes. He's like, I just got real irony and I understood all of it, man. No problem. <laughs> yeah, you gotta smoke a joint before you, you watch. Gotta get lifted, brah, to listen. Uh, He's got thirteen joints <laughs> laying around. Oh, hey, have you been to my house lately? That's just uh, thirteen joints. That's just half a day. But <laughs> a great villain. Holy shit! You know, a lot of great standout. And I agree with rugs. There are certain conversations and moments that are just so fucking good and it builds on everything luke cage season one iron fist the defenders uh it's so good so let's just get into a discussion kind of i kind of wanted to go through the the great moments throughout you know the season and then save kind of that last episode for after because that last episode it's totally goes off the wall crazy and it's like its own thing you know uh discussion i i think you can't start any discussion about luke cage season two without just jumping right into fucking Bushmaster fucking um, uh, uh, Mustafa Shakir. Yeah. Really good performance. Um, he ends up becoming sympathetic. Yes. Yeah. Really, really good. Uh, at, it's at becoming Killmonger being level. Fucking good. intimidating yeah. in the beginning. And then actually someone you root for by the end of it. Yeah. The writing on him is a little, little weird. Um, but he doesn't necessarily need to be that fucking evil in the beginning. Yeah. Um, but his presence alone carries it. I, I think he was great. And again, adding that that Jamaican flair to an already uh, African American, uh, yep, yep, inspired show and culture, you know, culture infused show. It, it just adds another layer to to Harlem that I didn't think existed. As someone that that's never been to New York, and, and never, I love seeing more than Harlem. Like we were in Brooklyn, we were in Queens, you, and it was just another uh, niche, another you know sub community within that community and man you see that shit all the time uh, uh i remember living up there just uh jamaican restaurants Some of my are everywhere. favorite stuff was when bushmaster like towards the second half of the season when bushmaster and luke cage had to be partners and had conversations with yes. each other yes like some of that stuff is the best like when when luke cage is having to partner with mariah dillard in the beginning and then yep. luke cage yep. and, and then uh Bushmaster, I think that works really well. You're just like me, man. And he's like, I'm nothing like you. But I did love Luke's caught in the middle, behind, and they both it have pleasure me no not to ki- it's gonna pl- give me no pleasure to kill you, man. <laughs> I love I love how he's caught because I some, love hearing Anthony's could, like, he's doing, this, yeah. He could have been brethren. <laughs> it's me, brethren. It's me, birthright. It's me, birthright. Uh, uh, so I love how he's caught between them, and sometimes he's protecting Mariah. Sometimes I he's protecting that. people from Mariah. Like, whoa, shit, he's caught in the middle. But that's yeah. great about this character. See, like, we're, we're quoting him. Yeah. Oh, he's we're so like good. doing him. Yeah. We're like, it, that's a good villain. He left when you come impression. out. Yeah. When you come out and you're like, that dude affected me where I could, like, remember what he said and what he's doing and what he want to, like, talk like him. It's fucking cool. So they did a great job. And not only that, but the way he fought, dude, uh, it was very, very dynamic. Like capoeira style, you know, roundhouse yep. kicks and shit. That Bushmaster sucker punch at the end of the third episode. Oh, fuck. That was fucking great. And then how the video goes viral and you kind of see Luke Cage fall from grace. And it was like like a star athlete's career goes down in the tubes. Like, it's very cool how they did that, where once, I love how it opens, and he's a star, he's a celebrity, and there's an app to find him, and then just as quickly, 
fucking people turn on him because of this video that his own guy like put out. And he's like, oh, I just got to I got to put the video out. Well, he did dab in that video. OK, let's so talk he had about it coming. I, I, I really wish he didn't dab. Uh, I, <laughs> no, but he should never have dabbed. Uh, uh, it, dude, my, <laughs> I kind of liked it. <laughs> my, I, the only reason I liked it is because he's 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 a cheesy black guy. Yeah, he's very cheesy and goofy. Very charismatic. But anytime I see someone dab, my initial instinct is to punch them in the face. That's <laughs> right, all yeah. I feel like instantly. I think the same exact way. <laughs> instantly. I want to mention the first episode was written by Chio Hidari. That almost soured me on the show completely, by the way. And that was, was in the, that know. was at the end of the first episode. <laughs> he fucking dabs and almost ruins it, which had a lot of action. That's that's a testament to the show though, because yeah, it, it recovered it, from the yeah, dab. It kept going. Uh, uh Chio Coker wrote that first episode and Lucy Liu directed the first episode. Oh shit! They had six women directors this season, almost half of them, and some of them women did these these action heavy episodes, and they were amazing. I thought the action was were very they? good. Yeah, well, you know, I like think that's what to me. I think the with, with the exception of Bushmaster, yeah. and that one scene that they did together, and then the one where they did with Iron Fist, like it, the fighting in the show was subpar, and I think. The reason for that is I think the guy who plays Luke Cage can't move. He's too big. I don't think he's a fighter. I don't think I think he's he's not really like a very good fighter. I don't I I, I feel like that they you watch when they do Bushmaster. Yeah. Like they're the camera's on him yeah. the whole time. Yeah, You're yeah. seeing his moves. He, he Whenever you that. see Luke Cage, yeah. you're cutting around yeah, him. Yeah. Yeah. Trying yeah. to make him look like he's a badass. Well, yeah. So that that weakens the show. And so when you have somebody in the show that can fight really well, it actually shines a light on how bad Luke Cage fights. Yeah. So I actually thought I actually thought that it made Luke Cage look This show was not this was not a great Luke Cage show. It was a great uh Stokes versus Bushmaster yeah, show. That's what it was. Yeah. That's with, what it was. With Luke caught Without in the middle. Luke, Luke Cage was incidental in his own show. Luke he had Luke. absolutely no like real impact, you know, at, Except for like being a shield between the two every once in a while. Well, his journey was like dealing with his anger and fame and try and reconciling with his dad and you know the the forgiveness and redemption and dealing with his past. But uh, the the majority of it, you want to know more about this Stokes and uh, McIver. Yeah, for me, for me, his storyline in the beginning, I'm like, why is Luke Cage just a jackass all of a sudden? Yeah, like, he acts like a fucking idiot asshole to. Claire in the beginning when he punches the hole in her wall I was like holy shit dude he, nah, but, he did it but then when she, when you go from there and you're put, dealing with the daddy issues like yeah that's okay but we every, every MCU every Marvel Netflix character has like some sort of parental issues yeah so for me that's not all that interesting when you compare that though to Mariah Dillard and fucking embracing her inner gangster yeah and Bushmaster who's this new character that you kind of mysterious and is has so much fucking swagger. Like those two characters carried the show for me. Yeah. I, Alfred yeah. Woodard, I thought did a really good she did job. A really good job at times. Cause you don't know if she's playing the guy or she's being sincere or, and all of a sudden she'll just turn and be fucking brutal. I was like, Holy fuck. You don't know what, what she's going to do. Well, next. Her character is basically in the beginning, trying to be clean and she's trying, trying to, go to legit. Yeah. Well, well, she's trying to hide the fact that, at her fucking core, she is an evil motherfucker. And she's trying to bury the past of what happened right. between Stokes she, and the MacGyvers. Throughout this entire season, 
slowly getting peeled open to where at by the end of it you get her fucking core and, and at her core she's going to fucking burn a man alive and shoot him in the face oh dude this is a shakespearean turn of character even to the point where she's hallucinating and seeing the pete and mabel and talking to them towards the end and just loses it i think i thought that was like so shakespeare character uh for a character to go down that path uh there's a there's two in the middle of the episode, there's, I think it was episode five or six, there's two conversations that I fucking thought were amazing. I was just like, wow. The first one, Shades and Comanche sitting back to back at Pop's Barbershop waiting for Luke. Wow. That was like revelation after Did revelation. Did you guys catch that he was implying they had some sort of uh they, they were gay together. They yeah, were, they were yes, gay. Yeah, they were. They were. See, well, I fr- knew that before that he even had that. Oh, scene. Really? oh really? I did not know the that. way he looked at her every time that he was with Mariah. Wow. He was jealous. Yeah, I he, was totally. I had to read a review, and then they in the review they said that. And I'm like, oh wait a minute. I didn't I gotta catch rewatch it, the scene uh, until that scene. But they totally talked about it. He talked about how like, look, we do what you do in the inside doesn't right. change how I feel about you. When the outside now this is different. And Comanche's like, is it though, bro? Come on, you know, like, why are you doing all this for Mariah? I was like, oh wow, okay, that was written really well. Holy though. shit! He, he, yes. he, does, he goes, we are better than this. Yes, yes. You know, he had something. And basically. Shade's kind of caught in between because he does love Mariah, and he's the only one who has kind of a moral. Uh, he has moral ethics. He has standards. He has a code. He has a code. He tries to stay I, by the code. I got to say, I, I hated, uh, I hated Shade's last. I, Theo season. Rossi, I love Theo Rossi I really, in this. I, I really I enjoyed really, him this season go ahead i really it took me a while to warm to him this season but i was like by the end of it i was like okay he was he didn't hurt the show that much i felt like the first season he really hurt the show i hated him in the first season yeah so um he he redeemed himself yeah i love they they gave some depth to that character that in the first season i didn't think was there they give depth the so many fucking weirdest romance i've ever seen on tv it's dude it was it's really disturbing yes and and you can tell that even both of them think it's gross because every time they kiss yeah they never make out they just like peck each other on the lips and you could tell that neither of them really want to kiss each other that scene where the guy thought it was his aunt and then they just start making out i was like oh this is really disturbing (laughs) like i don't like them together i mean there's old guys kissing young girls all the time right it's a double standard it's just it's just the double standard it's no it's something that society's not used to an older woman with a younger guy yeah but she got balls she had great lines like i will cut your balls off and roll them like that. I didn't dice. think it was sexy, but it didn't bother me. Okay. No, it's not it, sexy. It actually made me uncomfortable. Maybe that says something about me, but. I think that may be the point of uh, yeah. there. And then the other conversation, same in that later episode, is where Bushmaster and his uncle, Anansi, where he's like, you know, we came here as immigrants and we built a life and we're trying to, you know, have a business, raise our family, and you're coming here to burn it down? And Bushmaster's like, nah, me want war. And he doesn't fucking listen. Like, I thought that that immigrant perspective Really uh, very topical right well, they, now. They were throwing in ice. They were throwing yes, in the there was fact an ice, that... Like ice was evil, too, as they yeah, are. They were, yeah. they were throwing in the fact that by doing this, every Jamaican's going to get thrown in jail. Yeah, you're going to bring heat on everyone, and Bushmaster didn't give a fuck. But I loved the just the... The conflict between people going. He gave a fuck though when towards the end once yeah. he realized the collateral damage. Yeah, he well, co- once he caused. saw what happened, yeah. But the, the whole conflict of people are like, Bushmaster's right. Mariah needs to go. And, you know, it takes a while for Luke to see I like the fluctuation that. of, you know, in the beginning, you're like, we need to protect Mariah. Bushmaster is fucking evil. And then at the second half, you're like, 
Wow, Bushmaster's correct. Yeah, we need to get Mariah out here. And then by the end right. of it, you're like, I don't know what the fuck I yeah, want it's... anymore. <laughs> yeah, so good. Well, really well done. Uh, let's talk about another standout character player, fucking Simone Missick as Misty Knight. Uh, I thought was uh, did a great job. The w- only good mm. thing to come out of Defenders was her losing her arm because I love that whole thing. Her getting, trying to figure out what to do. Uh, getting used to her arm, the bar fight with Colleen, where it's a little daughters of the dragon tees, and she Colleen's not even helping in the beginning. She's just like, You get you got this. Let me see how you figure this out. I was like, That's dope. You should have a show by the two of them together. I feel like they always write her character to be the the one that gets the information last. Uh, that is true. She's always that is very chasing true. behind everything. She's always a, a step behind on everything. Yeah. Uh, the one thing is like I buy Misty Knight as a cop. Yeah. I don't buy her as a superhero and I don't buy her as a superhero with a bionic arm. And it doesn't help that there, there was no buildup to her getting the bionic arm at all. There was nothing. She just showed up. And then the next day she has it. There was, mm. they, they sent a, they, it was in the box. That should have been like, that, that should have been like a three episode thing or two episode thing where she like, where they cut, cut back to her with the arm and like getting it or whatever. Like, I don't know. It just it just seemed like so tacked on. Like okay, she just has a bionic arm. Yeah, but now. she didn't get it till like the fifth episode. Like they, I, you know, the, so they could have given it to her right away, and they didn't do that. They let her. Yeah, kind but of... they just gave it. To her. <laughs> well, Danny Rand just gave shows it to up him. to work with, and no one even acknowledges that hey. she's got this crazy fucking technological they crazy. Some math. people did. I wish they did a little bit more with the bionic arm. Like I think I would thought she could would figure it out or throw more people through the wall. I don't wall. know. It was it was really like to me. Listen, after you watch Altered Carbon, yeah, and that girl yeah. gets a fucking bionic she arm, uses it well. That shit yeah. was fucking like that. When you set a standard, mm. there you go. Well, this is okay. uh, Danny Rand's shitty company. They don't know what they're doing. They're not very, <laughs> not very good at making I had bionic another arms. comment on Misty Knight. Yeah, and I, I think I wrote this down, but in the beginning, when the police, like when she is in the police force, yeah, she, like I didn't. Maybe this is something we didn't see in the first season. Yeah, but. Was she just a huge fucking bitch? Because everyone talks to her and makes fun of her fucking arm. And I'm like, who are these I people? Know. Why are they what so co-workers mean? Workers are so mean like I this. Know, arm this girl lost her fucking arm in doing her job, and everyone's snickering and They're making like, oh, arm need, jokes. Need a I'm hand. like, what like, kind really? of workplace is this? You know what this, it was? It, it didn't register as real for me. Here's what, what about that? What about her basketball rival being the uh, being the guy? other detective? It's like, yeah, that's, wow, that's real fucking convenient. I think the thing we are forgetting is that the 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 scarf situation is still left a bad taste in everyone's sure. mouth, you know? And so she's dealing with that. She's dealing with fucking having I, scarf I just, fucker or her I, shit the, up. The, the arm jokes <laughs> I, I are like, it's what? Like, that's brutal. Like these people, the, the cops sounded like the fucking criminals at points. With the way yeah. they were talking about her fucking arm, yeah, they were they were pretty harsh. I don't know that just that kind of threw me that that and uh, Luke Cage is just uh, being so mean to Claire in the beginning. I'm just like, what happened? Why are you so angry all of a that sudden? That was like just an excuse to get her. To, why are she you, wasn't why in the are show your daddy issues coming out right now? That's some forced writing right there. Yeah. A little bit. I love how though he would just bop people on the head and knock them out. Like that was kind of funny. Where he could just be like, boop, and they just go down. Now, it doesn't make for an exciting superhero show when you have no. a guy that does that. But it is funny. And you see that he's holding back, and he knows how you know strong he is. This is, goes back to just my overall issue with the character. But he is just so overpowered that it, it's tough. It's tough to be excited when he walks into a scene and he's fighting normal people. Well, if he does, this is the thing. He's kind of like a Superman where 
he has all this power, but he can't use it because he'll kill people. Yeah, right. Yeah. But if they power him down enough, because I don't think he's as powerful as he where he lift the building no. or anything like that. But I don't know. They could make it exciting for it just to make make it exciting to watch to some degree. I don't know. It's like, well, the, the thing is, they, they keep doing the he walks in and everyone's firing bullets at him. And I know they acknowledge that he's like, oh, no one ever. Everyone thinks it's a myth, but that gets old because he's just does. getting bullets fired at him and he's just doing the same thing where he's just tossing guys around. At least with Superman, the man can fucking fly. The man can shoot lasers out of his eyes. There's just more dynamic dynamicism to his, to his power set. Whereas Luke Cage is just a dude getting shot well, at, if, throwing people. If you're around. creative, you can think of cool stuff. Yeah. To do. They just didn't have even, a lot. dude. Even in that last episode where they're shooting at him, even I, I rolled my eyes. I was like, really? Like you got nobody heard all yet. Like this is Luke Cage. Like why are you shooting at him? But then he does make the one joke where he's like, everybody's got to try it just to make sure. Yeah. Uh, but it does. It gets old. I'm like, you haven't heard. He's fucking bulletproof. Um, let's. What about? What do you think about the Danny Rand episode ten cameo? I thought this was the best use of Danny Rand we've seen so far. It actually worked. He wasn't annoying. And uh, the fucking pa- the uh, the patty cake that was great. Fucking combo <laughs> move. <laughs> I think for the uh, first time they actually got Danny Rand right. And and I hated fucking this guy what's his what's the actor's name uh, finn jones finn jones i thought he was terrible i thought he was absolutely awful in the first season i think he's actually into they, this they role actually are uh I, I don't know if it's the writing i think it actually is the writing it I think is they're, the writing they're, they're kind of getting a little more comfortable with him and it's little things too right yeah. so like he walks in the barbershop and they cut to him taking off his fucking shoes yep yep i like, love I'm that like, oh that's danny Rand. yeah or yeah, when he's sitting yeah. indian style yep, in the right on the chair, chair. here's yeah. like danny yeah. Rand right yeah. there or even yep. when he's at the the fucking pipe shop, that was he's like, great. He's like, I, I like, like this, this one. one. He's like, you and it's the fucking dragon, and, was, and he's implying that he smokes yeah, all the time. It's like, like fucking Danny Rand. All right, they're high. nailing Danny Rand. Yeah, now. he gets stoned and fucking centers his chi. I love how like he was teaching Luke how to center himself, and Luke was kind of like teaching him. Even fucking his hard outfit lessons. is just is it was Danny Rand. He's got the yeah. unbuttoned shirt, yeah, with the yeah. Henley underneath. Looks very he's comfortable, very relaxed. Yeah, yeah. He's he's to nail Danny Rand. There, you got to. Do a couple things, but you got to do. You got to have this guy just be completely chill, just a fucking stoner. That's why, like, I didn't understand in the first season why, why he's so uptight all the time, uptight and yeah, such a fucking yeah. brat. Like yeah. he, the dude's chill as fuck. This is definitely the out. writing. This is better writing. Yeah. And Rugboy mentioned this earlier, but they finally had a good fight scene with him where they didn't do a million fucking cuts. Yep, yep. He was actually yeah. doing a little bit of uh, uh, karate or whatever. He can I mention the other badass thing? thing? That scene. Anytime they fight and they play fucking Wu Tang, I'm like, yeah. Like, this is the best show ever. Come on. You got Power Man and Iron Fist fighting the Wu-Tang. It's fucking sick. Uh, show ever. It is. I love it. And I love DW goes, Power Man and Iron Fist. I should put that on a shirt. I was like, yeah, he said it. Geek Boner. Geek Boner. <laughs> I mean, Iron Fist, Iron Fist. And I like that he's a hip hop fan. Yes, he is a hip hop fan. That's right. That's all he had on his fucking. You uh, like the chronic? Uh, that's all he had on his iPod. So. <laughs> Fun stuff. They, they they finally got him right, and I was pleasantly surprised. I don't understand why he left after one episode. I know. He, yeah, that's weird. You're going to use this help. Why didn't you stick around like, to help? has gone. Vagi comes in. Yeah. Vagi right. leaves. Yeah. Well, the, the thing, too, is like he was there because Claire wanted him to check on him. At, Danny Rand learns that Luke's dealing with some shit. So then why the fuck does he leave after one yeah, episode? Yeah, everyone leaves. Claire leaves. Colleen's gone. Yeah, no, but Claire left because right, Luke Cage he punched, punched a hole, a hole in the wall. wall. What was the excuse for why Iron Fist left? Colleen could have helped out. Why'd she? I don't know. Danny's Colleen like, I got... makes it, an appearance yeah. and leaves. And he's like, I got some shit to do. You got this? I'm out. 
<laughs> Here, let me bring up the writing. Okay. Rug Boy yeah, mentioned yeah. this, and I very much agree. Obviously, these episodes, there's too many of them. Yeah. And you pointed out this point this out too, but there's too many episodes where they're spinning their wheels, where they're literally retelling you what yeah. happened in yeah. prior fucking episodes. There's um, a lot of exposition, down, yes. But it's exposition dumps of things we've already seen or yes, know. Yes, yes. It's, it's characters learning about things that um, we knew about uh, in, prior, in prior episodes. You have examples? Um, the fucking scene in Jamaica. Yeah, yeah. Did we need to see his? Did we need to origin? see that? We we hold we you told us that story. That was Either like don't tell us that story or save that for the fucking episode when they're in Jamaica or show that yeah, earlier. I'd rather see it one time. Yeah, right. yeah. Then you also had the fucking shades confessions. Yeah, did, you, we, did we need to have him tell us? He recaps the whole first season. Recap the first <laughs> season for us. But yo, I love that scene because the way Simone Missick. No, I love the way Simone Missick, Misty Knight reacted. He's bringing all this back, and she didn't know. He finally, when he reveals that I used your phone to call Candace and popped her in the head, she fucking loses it and has to walk out. I was like, that's fucking powerful shit. He's just fucking telling her. So I kind of like that. Uh, but yeah, it was a recap of the first season. They had they and there was I, I didn't those are the two I wrote down, wrote down but there were other uh, other times too. <laughs> they did it a like, lot. You're telling us things we already knew. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know it can be written a lot better. Oh, I just I think they got to pad pad it out to thirteen for they're, some they're reason. Definitely thirteen is way too many for them. That whole yeah, but that's what I'm saying. They could have been more. They could have. There was things that they could have built up better. Right, right. Uh, another great moment was me for me was when Shades does catch Comanche meeting with Ridenhauer. Yeah, that was tough. That was fucking. I didn't know what was gonna happen, and man, and and to shades to shoot his his buddy, and uh, stick to his code, his lover. I was like, "Fuck, dude, this guy, this guy don't fuck around." They, they did. They did a good job adding some depth to to shades. That I didn't think was a there. lot of the characters. Let's talk about Tilda, Tilda Johnson, Mariah's daughter. Uh, she's kind of being set up to be the character known as Nightshade, right, from the comics. Uh, I Nightshade thought, is how Bushmaster gets his fucking power. And Nightshade is the thing that gives him his powers. I thought uh, I really liked her character. And uh, I thought she was a great addition getting caught in the middle. But the fucking scene when they're hiding out in the Rand building and Mariah just tells her the truth. You know, they tease it early on that Tilda doesn't know who her father is and what her real age is. And she's a fucking Uncle Pete rape baby. Oh, shit. Holy fuck. I was like, Mariah is a monster. She goes, that's why I never wanted you. Your face reminded me of Pete every time. Wow. Wow. That was was a good good twist. (laughs) I did not expect her to just come out. I mean, I don't mean to like side with Mariah, but. I see her point. Kind of like, like she, this is the daughter that I never wanted. That my my forced, uncle fucking raped me. What with. do you do with it when that happens? Oh, it's so rough. And you know, Tilda is so like she's smart. She's accomplished. She's and she's she's a good person. And I loved uh, her kind of figuring out her mom is a monster. And but the thing too to about go. her is is she is also finding out that she is a Stokes as well. And by the end of this, she is learning that. There's some fucking evil in her heart as well. Stokes, Mariah Stokes. Stokes. So she becomes Nightshade, right? She'll probably become Nightshade. Isn't her? Isn't that like a werewolf type shit? She used to control werewolves with like uh, some herb or something. Is one, and she wears like a really sexy, not a lot of clothes costume. But uh, the the link at the end when she had the two buttons in the back of her head when her hair was up, that's what Nightshade kind of looks like. So look. 
let's get to that last episode because this season like resolves things halfway and then it resolves it again by the 12th episode to the point where Bushmaster just, he gets beat down. He just fucking leaves. I mean, I was that glad. Was weird. That was weird. I'm that glad they didn't weird, kill him, man. but I was like, wait, you just fucking going? That's it? Let, let me comment on that real quick. Yeah. Him fucking leaving like that was so out of character. I, I, I just didn't understand. I, like, I know he needs to heal, and I know he needs to go back to Jamaica and get that nightshade, but you had built him up this entire time as this basically this fucking Terminator. Yeah, like he was unstoppable so force. so yes. determined to do this thing. And I don't know if he knows that Mariah is dead. Yeah. I don't understand why he would leave like that. The whole time, all he wanted to do is what? what I think he is the type of character that I would, with his last fucking breath, he'd be crawling towards Mariah Diller trying to kill so her. So there's a couple of, of, of things that I didn't understand when I look back. Like, if he wanted to kill Mariah Dillard, he set her house on fire, kind of as retribution for what happened to his mom. They set her house on fire. But why wouldn't you stay to make sure she was dead? Like, why would he just nope. leave? And then uh, the, and then he just leaves at the end when the whole time he's like, I just want to watch Mariah die. And he's like, oh, I'm fucking over it. I'm out. So that was weird. The other weird writing thing, and it was strictly to get a person from point A to point B, and I thought it was clunky as fuck, was when Luke Cage has Piranha. And all he has to do is turn him into the police, right? That's all he has to do. But he takes him to his dad in the church, and then he calls fucking Bushmaster for a duel? Like, was that yeah. really necessary? That's so stupid. <laughs> so and of course, that leads to Bushmaster, I mean, Piranha, escaping and getting caught and getting killed and beheaded. But I was like, you just said, I got to take you to the cops. What are you doing? Why would you do this? Yeah, some yeah. clunky ass. It was just clearly lighting. to connect, to get him from here, to get Piranha from here to here and here to here. How did you get from the last episode back to that? I don't know. I just thought of two things that bugged me. <laughs> Let's go back to the last episode because the episode before everything gets kind of resolved. Mariah gets arrested. Shades. Con uh, he confesses everything. He gets her the gun. There's the big fight. I, I liked how this started off, too, because I liked that, like. Mariah gets arrested and you're like, oh, this is good. This is it. Harlem, they got her. Is, they got her. They fucking and then got Harlem, her. She is the fucking gatekeeper and now Harlem is in disarray. I liked that start. I, and then it's, yeah, there's a power vacuum and it's fucking dangerous as it's fuck worse. outside. It's worse because nobody is controlling it. Uh, so the last episode. <laughs> this is the last episode. Yes. This, so uh, I, well, first of all, the, the scenes in the prison with Mariah. And everyone stabbing everyone else. That was fucking shocking. I didn't see any of that shit coming. I was like, God damn, she is. And the way she called herself Black Mariah and uh, and fully embraces it was great. And then the minute I saw Tilda mixing that red shit and it said Beso de Aranha, I was like, oh, I know what she's going to do. That's the spider's kiss. That's who's taking her down. And I was kind of okay with Tilda actually getting the kill. I'm Black Would she Mariah. kill her own mother, though, because her mom just didn't want her? Her mom is a fucking monster. Yes. Okay. I'm totally on board with that. And okay. I liked how she got pissed that Mariah left Harlem's paradise in her will to Luke, specifically to piss her off, probably, more than mm. anything, and to give Luke a problem. Like, what do you do now? Here, you're in charge. Mm. Well, no, it... I think they wrote it out the way they spelled it out for it. I don't think it was necessarily that, although there could have been. It was more that she realized that Luke, even though they both hate each other, they both love Harlem so much that he's the only one that can run this yeah, place. Yeah, there is no one else. But Wow. Um, so well, by the end real of quick, it, I yeah, just want to go yeah. back to Bushmaster yeah. before we yeah. get to the end of the, yeah. what we're really going to talk about. But I also would have liked, like, 
just not only that he left, but I, even if he's not the one to kill Mariah, I wanted to at least see his reaction to that too. Yeah, he doesn't now. Like, he, we, he doesn't we have know nothing. We, I, yeah. I, like, I thought that would have even been interesting. Like, yeah. this whole season, you're looking to kill this one person, and she, you don't, and you don't kill her. Someone else does. Like, how does he react to that? Is he happy? Is he sad? Is he, is he like, fuck? I got to kill this person now too. I would have liked to see that. Think how crazy it was. He had all her money at one time, and then it got all taken back to her. Like she lost everything and got it back, and gets killed by her daughter. But yeah, I just thought his exit was very weird. So Luke is has this decision. She's left me the club. Do I can do I take over? Can I make a difference? And it's weird the way they cut it because he says no, and then it cuts to him in a nice fucking suit standing in front of the Biggie Smalls photo while there's a musical performance going on, and he is the new king of Harlem. But some of this makes sense. To stop crime, to control crime, you kind of have to be the head of the crime. Mm. Can you do it as a vigilante by not controlling it? Because the power vacuum is not going to work. But how much is he going to... I mean, he tells Claire to leave at the end. I was like, fuck, dude. He's not... He's he's not messing around. I think it's going to be a swerve. Yeah. That they met, they they leave you thinking he's going to be this, but he's going to kind of like use it to do good, and he's going to be legit. I think it would like, be neat if he uses it as a front for like heroes for hire business, and and then they they do kind of a spinoff heroes for hire. But and there's no confirmation of a third season. So what a crazy place to end this! I I, I was ballsy, and everyone kept talking about this crazy ending, and yeah, it was a fucking crazy ending. Yeah, the ending kind of like really, it's one of those things because I know you guys don't feel the same way, but I felt that Mariah's character swerved a little bit too much. A lot back and forth. Because she went from going to Shades going, we're going to be legit. We're going to finally take our name out of the mud. We, we, you know, we all come from crime, but now we're going to actually be clean and have clean money and be able to live the clean life. And all of a sudden in one instance, like... Bushmaster comes on the scene and she just goes the opposite direction all the way. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, she clearly was always looking out for herself and using her daughter for her campaign and all this other stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. But for her to go the opposite direction and start fucking murking people and setting them on fire and everything, I thought that that swerve was like a little drastic considering what this whole thing that they built up for her going clean. I um, I saw it as they should have left a little bit of like kind of like she didn't really want to go clean. She didn't really. Yeah. I don't know if she was because, for example, I can understand her telling her daughter that she wants to go clean yeah. or that she's being legit. But shades like they're both criminals. So like why? You know, they, they, they could. They don't have to bullshit with each other and lie to each other about what they're what they're doing i mean that's why i like mariah because she you couldn't really get a read on her and i think that darkness was always there and she just like you see oh, her yeah, snap. There's definitely it's definitely there but i just felt like it was you can't just spend three episodes explaining how you're going clean and then all of a sudden in two episodes you're you're fucking crazy and seeing shit in your in, in your in your office. I don't think it, I don't think it was that quick. I mean, look, when you get see heads on a spike when you're not expecting, you're going to start to fucking maybe, snap. Maybe, maybe, maybe that Bushmaster jarred her out of her thing. Her, her money getting taken away, maybe. Yeah, she was at uh, the bottom her. of the bottom that she's ever been, and then she was just like, fuck it. Fuck like, it. Like, that's the thing. Like, if you have this lawyer, this lawyer that fucking fixes everything yeah. for you, yeah. like, 
Wouldn't they be the first thing he tell you that we're getting the money back? He can't really do that. No, he could, no, because he took off because he realized he didn't have any money. He's like, I'm out. You got, you're poor now. I don't know. I, I kind of saw it Lord. as uh, I mentioned earlier the the Mariah kind of just embracing her inner inner nastiness, but also saw it as she once the heads came on the stake, she saw it as escalation. Oh yeah. shit, I'm yeah. dealing with a motherfucker here. Yeah. Yeah. I gotta I gotta up my game a little bit. So that that's the way I kind of saw it. She just went to protective mode and then just went crazy. Yeah, she snapped. I'm telling you, it was a, she fucking hey, heads on a stake, bro. Yeah, that'll, that'll <laughs> do it. Uh, okay, I got I got a comment yeah. on the Luke Cage getting to where he's at. Yeah. So if you look at this on paper, yeah, it, it kind of makes sense. Like yeah. the, the throughout the entire season, he's trying to to do the right thing. He's trying to stop the bad guys by going the conventional route. Um, and it's obviously not working. Yep. Um, and he doesn't know what to do. So the best way to stop this is to actually get in and run the fucking gangs himself. Makes sense on paper. Yeah. That being said, I did. I was not. I didn't buy it. I didn't like it's it. It's very un, out of character. I yeah. I just felt this is not Luke Cage. Like this uh, is not yeah. the guy. For me, Luke Cage is Harlem's Captain America. Yeah. He's gonna he and that's why I really enjoyed in the season when he was just doing the right thing and that meant protecting this villain at one moment and protecting this villain because no one can die under his watch. He's protecting everybody. I I enjoy that. That was the for me the most interesting parts with Luke Cage. For him to now be like running the 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 underground scene and wearing a suit i don't know yeah how are you gonna do that yeah and be luke cage you have to be willing to kill yeah people in check right it just it didn't it didn't i just didn't believe it i didn't think that was he would that's where he would go i so i liked how they showed it too fast for me i mean it was it was a fucking like out of out of left field fucking turn but i do like how they showed us throughout the season that he was getting slightly more brutal some of these uh, rules were going out the window. Like he almost kills fucking cockroach, and then he almost does Bushmaster like uh, Superman did Zod and Man of Steel. Like he's about to snap his fucking neck, and then he gets brutal when he's hunting down the gang, snapping that guy. When he was snapping that guy's fingers one at a time, I was like, "Oh, that looks really painful." I can't believe he's doing this. So he was slowly slipping, but then he jumps all the way to yeah, I'm fucking kingpin over here. It was like a uh, kingpin from the well, Daredevil. It, it was movie. weird. It was just that that last episode he's in and he's just breaking dudes fingers yeah. I'm like where did this come from he's just he's just he's he, he's gotten to that point he's like i can't be the nice guy no more mr nice guy I, d- I just didn't buy it i didn't buy that he would he would ever become it's that a, guy it's a stretch it is quite a jump to it's take a convenient way to get nightshade to hate him and watch. yes so that's yeah. that's setting up whatever next they're gonna do uh, but even that too i was like wait nightshade do you why would you think you were getting the club? She fucking hates you. Yeah, she hated you the whole time. Why would you think you get anything? <laughs> I mean, from I know, her? I know, Luke is, a, is an oddball choice right, too. But right. like, I don't know. It, the what? whole last last half of that third ep- the Lionel that episode, that last was episode weird. was fucking weird and nuts. The whole the whole thing. But I'm, it I, seemed like to me they wanted to. They're like, we by the third season, we want to get Luke in a place where he it is completely different. And they, and, but then, but they hot shotted that. Yeah, they jumped. They got, to they that. got him to that place. He's yeah. he is in a completely different place. But it's like, um, wait, does this even make sense with the character now? So I read that the Chio Hodari Coker was kind of inspired by the Daredevil storyline Shadowland, which Matt Murdock and Daredevil kind of take. He takes over the the, the gang families and the Shadowland and runs it. Uh, and maybe could they do a thing where he is the villain next season of his own show? Because he's he's gone that far in deep when he was just trying to keep an eye on things. 
I don't know. It could be interesting. I think that's terrible for for the stereotypes. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think it's uh, that you can only <laughs> survive if you're doing if, crime. If you're running it, yeah. You know, I think that that's a that's terrible. I think that I mean, it has to be a swerve. It has, it has to be a to swerve. Be because I didn't even think it has of to that. be more than meets the eye. Yeah. I didn't even think of that. That the stereotype is that you have to go bad. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is a this is a black show. Yeah, yeah. And if the if the lesson by the end of this is the only way to clean up the streets is to become a fucking gangster, what is that? What kind of what kind of message is that? Basically, this is what uh, Luke Cage has to do. He's running Mariah's club. Yeah. Which that could be a legit business. Yeah. But Mariah was into the trafficking and the proliferation of weapons. Yep. That's number one. He's running the d- guns now. She was basically the uh, the gatekeeper for anything coming in and out. So drugs, prostitution, uh, you know, li- you know, whatever contraband, uh, anything that l- was legit crime. She kind of was letting in and out. So now he's got to go and meet with the crime families and then basically let them do whatever they got to do or make a deal to what amount of shit that they can do. As long as there's no violence so or he's something. he's participating. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's weird. Well, so that's weird. What, could he have just shut down the club? Like, what else, what would you, what else do you do? Like, do you just take I mean, he it and burn it he down? He could have run the club legitimately as a real business and made it like a beacon for the new Harlem. Somebody's gonna, it, yeah. Somebody's going to take I, care I, of the crime I'm interested still. to see where it goes. Yeah. yeah. I just didn't feel like, I, I didn't feel comfortable with how that ended. Yeah, I was like, that makes any sense. He hasn't, he, like, the thing is, is like, how do you inherit, how do you inherit what, what Mariah, just because he has the club, too? That's another question. Right. Well, he has Mariah, or he has the club, and he has, he has uh, audience with the, with the mafia. Right. He has that, and he also has the big guy. Oh, Sugar. Sugar Sugar, is with him. Yeah. Yeah. So Sugar knows, has his head on the streets. I love how uh, DW at the end was like, yo, you can't do this from here. Pops is Switzerland. We got to right. stay neutral. And then they're like, all right, well, we're going to go conduct business elsewhere. Uh, they keep Pops neutral. I mean, they, that the was whole, cra- that the was whole crazy. season two, they kept teasing the hero for hire thing. Yeah, twice. I thought they would do that and more. I thought they were going that route, yeah, and then yeah. they went this route. So, it, I mean, I guess it's a swerve, so what, I was surprised. Yeah, but what a crazy, uh, crazy last episode. Uh, I want to talk about the music a little bit because of course you do. I fucking love the music. Now I can see how some people would, <laughs> would be annoyed by the amount of musical performances in this because no. it does seem like filler, but man, I thought they mixed in it turned into like a narrative music video. Well, you had Rock Kim do a fucking Luke Cage. Song. That was fucking great. So episode one had a, a, a artist named Joy. Uh, episode two, D Nice was in the first season. D Nice is awesome. My name is D Nice. He used to be in Boogie Down Productions. And then Gary Clark Jr. was playing blues in the second episode. That guy was fucking sick. Uh, he's amazing. He's amazing. Episode three had Esperanza Spalding, who she plays an upright bass and she's like some prodigy, really young. Uh, episode four, the big dude playing the blues is Kingfish, Christone Kingfish Ingram. He is an 18 year old blues prodigy. And his versions of I Put a Spell on You and Thrilling's Gone was fucking amazing. This is so good. Great. Oh, my God. Great. And then you have to have the mandatory Wu-Tang uh, appearance, Ghostface Killer, episode five. Of yeah, Method killer. Man. What are you, fucking Ghostface white guy? Killer. I said killer. <laughs> Method Man was in the first one. <laughs> episode seven, you even have a fucking Marley. Oh, shit. Stephen Marley making an appearance. 
And I love the Marleys. I love that there's 20 Marley kids and they all play reggae. And I just want to know. They're good. He was, I, I was really liking dude, that. Dude, all shit. the Marleys are super talented. But I bet there's one Marley that like doesn't want to play music and they all just give him shit. Like he just wants to be like an accountant or something. He's just like, me no want to play music, man. My and name is Farley Marley. My name is Farley. Me want to work in a bank in an office. And they're like, oh, you stupid Marley. And just give him shit because he doesn't want to be a musician or get stoned. Uh, episode 10, Faith Evans and Jada Kiss. That's a good throwback. Fucking. Was it Maze in one of these? Uh, Maze? Mace. No. Maze? Wasn't, he in, the, wasn't Was he, he in the one with, uh, uh, what's her name? Jade, not Jada Kiss. Faith Evans. Faith, Faith Evans. Um, oh, wow. Possibly. I don't Maybe know. not. I thought I heard him, but maybe that wasn't him. And then the last two episodes, some fucking awesome uh, old school artist, KRS-One from Boogie Down Productions, doing old school classic Love's Gonna Get You. And then Rakim made a fucking Luke Cage song. Oh, shit. I, I, it's kind of cheesy, but I enjoyed it. I was like, is that Rakim? Holy shit. The, I'll, give, I'll give them a lot of credit. The songs and the, the live performances give this show a flavor that feels different than a lot of stuff I watch on TV. I, I don't, I've never seen a show like that. Yeah, that it's, that did you like the black exploitation, like a uh, theme song running through the whole show? I love that. I did. I yeah. love that. I think that added a little element that the first season didn't have. Anytime they were having like a dramatic conversation, you had kind of the blood, the score behind it. And it just turned it into like something else. Shit. Yes. Yeah. It was so good. A lot of, I, I like when they lean into the black exploit. Black yeah, it, it works for this. It really works for this. Uh, so a couple of questions I had, I, we, I think we've discussed some of these already. Will Tilda be a villain? Will she become nightshade? Probably. Yeah. Probably what they're doing. There's other big bads. The other options for him. There's a character called Gideon Mace. He's like a evil punisher with a mace for a hand. Sounds hilarious. And Moses Magnum, who's a weapons manufacturer with evil global plans. So don't, don't know enough about Luke. Cage yeah. I don't know. I don't know how many comment. more bad guys they can pull out for, for, for Luke. Uh, and then again, I want to see a daughters of the I mean, dragon. Bushmaster's not dead, man. Bushmaster is not dead. I love that. I'd love to see him come back. Do heroes for hire. Do a daughters of the dragon spinoff. Uh, I'm more of I'm more of a fan of the heroes for hire spinoff personally, but I, I wouldn't be opposed to a daughters of the dragon. I mean, we'll be getting a second season of Irony Fist with a new showrunner. So did, hopefully, the, they can the, write what him. What this show did is it actually made me a little more excited for Iron Fist. Right? Yeah, I want to see these two guys interact more because it wasn't annoying and it was written well. Yeah. Overall, I like the show. I, I there's uh, the show definitely has some problems. It's it's not as good as like like I said some of the other Netflix stuff. But all right, well, uh, Anthony, there's let's, a lot of flavor. Let's to rank it. it, rate it, score it. Uh, where would you put this amongst? The season. So we have two seasons of Daredevil, two seasons of Jessica Jones, two seasons of Luke Cage, and a season each of Iron Fist, Defenders, and Punisher. Let's not forget mm. Bernthal's Punisher. It's kind of it's tough. It's kind of I have it it's in the four tough. or five range. Yeah. So I, I have the the first two Daredevil seasons being better. The first yeah. season of Jessica Jones being better. Yeah. Um. Oof. It's, it gets hard. I think it's on par with like season two of Jessica Jones, Punisher. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe a. Maybe a little worse than that, just because of the writing. Hmm. But around that level. Okay, that's interesting. So, like middle topish. <laughs> middle topish. I don't know what that means. <laughs> middle, middle rugs or where, middle. Where'd you put this? Um, let's see. I will put this. Um, Daredevil season one is my favorite. Okay. Jessica Jones season one is my second favorite. Uh, Daredevil season two is my third. 
Punisher, then Luke Cage, season two, then Luke Cage, then Defenders, then Iron Fist. Well, okay. What about Jessica Jones season two? Um, That's somewhere like, I think that's right before Luke Cage season two. I'm, I'm probably, I think I, I like Luke Cage season two better. I'm Jessica Jones. Yeah, I, I would two. go with that too. Where yeah, I, I yeah, think yeah. I liked Luke Cage season two better, but when I thought about the themes of Jessica Jones season two, I'm like, oh, they were they were going for a little more there. There was big themes in this one too, though, but that one was a little more. Yeah, I mean that's hard. I'm 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 with you in the in the sense that I my first favorite is Daredevil season one, and then Jessica Jones season one will kill. They're both like it's weird because. Jessica Jones and Luke Cage are both, they have no action in them. Right, right. None. And, yeah. and they all depend on the character performances. Yeah, and yeah. they pull it off. And um, the I really think that the only real big character in Jessica Jones was the mom. And I'll take um, Bushmaster yeah. over the mom any day. Yeah, that's a good point. I'll agree. So, um, And then you have the other big character was the Patsy. Yeah. And she was like, yeah, you know, she was okay. I mean, I think she wasn't great. This 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 season has two really strong villains too, and it's it's I think it's handled very well, which is something. The that, alternating villains was a nice choice. They did, yeah, they did a good job. I Instead mean, I, of doing a half a season with one villain, half the other, they, yes, they learned their lesson. Yes, they definitely learned their lesson from. I mean, I, it's better than the first season. I think it's like third or fourth for me on this list, uh, tied with. Uh, I think well, maybe below the Punisher. God, it's so hard. I still think that they need to cut these things down to 10 episodes yeah. and spend more money on each episode to make the fight scenes better and the action better. I, I agree. agree. And I don't know why they think they need 13 episodes. Tighten it up. Stop spinning the wheels. Like, this could have been a really, like, with a few things cut, all the stuff we said, this would have been an amazing fucking season. This, you yeah. know, it was uh, teetering on a really, really amazing season. Still very good. Better than the first, but... Uh, uh, yeah, a little of these pl- these plot these filler do you, things. Do you guys enjoy that Luke Cage is basically a superhero, but not really stuck in a black exploitation? I I love um, it. I love it. Season, I like it. You like it? I lo- I mean the hip hop and the 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 superhero Marvel stuff together. Like I think it works. I think Chio's got this amazing style that lends itself to Luke Cage very well, and I'm okay that it's not like a superhero show. I would love it to be more like a, a Spike Lee or a John Singleton kind of thing hmm. the only thing i'd say is I, I agree i like i like that they lean into that. i like the diversity of of not just making it a superhero show the only problem for me is other than the iron fist one uh when the fight scenes come on and i'm not excited yeah that's kind of a problem yeah yeah you can't i mean it's just one of those things that when you have something that's great like like a power or something you need to capitalize on that you need to really that's what's going. There's a million shows about crime. You can watch The Sopranos. You can watch The That's Wire. That's a good point. This was a, you know? this reminded me a little bit of like The Wire-y kind of stuff. So where what are we doing? What here? is like, extra I mean, special about it? Basically, yeah. those yeah. Ray Donovan kicks about as much ass as Luke Cage, and he doesn't have any power. Good point. You know what I mean? So it's like, and the the fight scenes in Ray Donovan are shorter and not as whatever, but yeah. like he's still like. I'm like he's a fucking badass. It's <laughs> the same way, and he and he's not even he can't even he's not even bulletproof or can't lift shit and throw shit around like Luke. So you got to maximize that. You got to be able to make it count. Anthony, did you appreciate the sports cameos there, like the Stephen A. Oh, Smith and the uh, NFL dude? I got to point out, yeah, fucking Comanche. Do you guys know who that is? Uh, 
Well, who is that? That's a football player. That's a former football player that played a long career in the NFL. That's Thomas Jones. He played wow. for the. Uh, Tom for the Jones? Tom Jones not, is in this? Not Tom Jones. Thomas <laughs> oh. Jones. Wait, he was, played for the Bears, played for the New York Jets. Man, he was in the first season? Was he? He, he was. He was in the first season. Briefly, but he had, yeah. he's a, an ex-football, like a legit, like he was a one of the best running backs of That is time. surprising because he, that was an amazing performance by an ex-football player then. It's not unusual <laughs> to have sex with a guy in prison. <laughs> oh, shit. I mean, I can't believe a football player did that. That's amazing. He's very good. Also, you know who Simone Mystic is married to in real life on the show? Who? Cockroach. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, she's married to Cockroach. She hated that man on the yeah, show. Yeah, his name is something Mystic also. I you, feel. Can't, you can't fake that. You can't fake that shit. You can't fake that anger. <laughs> yeah. Fucking Cockroach. Yeah, she probably pissed on the toilet. Not the Cockroach from the Cosby show either. I wish it was that no, cockroach. That was my cockroach. I know, that was, there's only one cockroach. Yeah, that's the whole time I expected him to be coming Theo in with Huxtable's Theo. friend. Well, that would have been great if they got him to actually play the character of cockroach all old. Been oh, fucking hilarious. All right, we're going to get to the mailbag. But before we do, hey, you want a free month of Stitcher? We'll give you a free month of Stitcher premium. Premium content. Go to Stitcher.com slash premium. Use the promo code NERD. Uh, before September 2018, you got a free month of Stitcher just for you. We have another pair of SpeakPipe messages from what's gotten to be like regular contributors on the show. Matt Miller, Lewis Paz, every week, send it in. We're going to start with Matt Miller's first. Here it is. What's up, Josh Jackson, Dweebs, Matthew Jacobs here with another quick installment. Went and saw Ant-Man and the Wasp on Saturday. You guys got that review in hella quickly. Wanted to touch on a couple things that you guys didn't mention or didn't deem important enough to mention. Probably the latter of the two, but anyways, here we go. Michael Douglas and Lawrence Fishburne's character mentioned they used to be in S.H.I.E.L.D. together back in the day, so that was pretty cool. Also, Rip Anthony from the first movie, where we got two new funny ant names. We had Ulysses as Grant Ant and Antonio Banderas. I had two problems with this movie overall. Wasn't as funny as the first one. And when they found Janet Van Dyne in the quantum realm, she was wearing a weird cloak that she didn't have on before. So that was kind of strange. Pretty sure they don't have any thrift stores in the quantum realm, but I get it. It looked badass, so whatever. Uh, post credit scene with the snap from Infinity Wars leaving Ant-Man stuck in the quantum realm was awesome. I gasped out loud. Still don't know where Hawkeye is. My theory is he's in Vermont vacationing with his family. Speaking of Vermont, it's all Super Troopers 2. The original cast was back in that one. This movie was a huge fart. Don't go see it. Had Fred Savage mentioned a couple times in a ride-along accident with the guys that killed him. That was kind of funny. Will Sasso was doing a horrible Canadian accent the whole time. Rob Lowe played a Canadian mayor who was tugging on a dude's pecker. Jim Gaffigan was back again doing the meow thing when he got pulled over, so that was awesome. You guys want to know your thoughts on why sequels in seasons two, three, and four of shows usually don't live up to the hype as the first one or the original? Um, also, real quick, I heard a Gundam Wing movie live action is being made, so I wanted to know your thoughts on that. And also the World Cup championship is set. We have France versus England in that. So let's go, England. Awesome show, guys. See you later. So there's a slight update. He guessed on the World Cup stuff and was wrong. Yeah, Croatia. Yeah, so it's going to be Croatia, France, and he's picking France. For, I'm cool. going for the little guy right there. I'm going for Croatia. Croatia. France had like a terrorist attack. They need something. Viva la oh France. They, they need something to just like Vegas and the thing and the thing. It's I. It may be fixed to do that, but that's an interesting. What matchup. are you talking about? I don't know. That's what somebody said. Was France could use a <laughs> you know they could use something uplifting after having the thing. Whatever. Okay. France and Croatia. Uh, why don't sequels work? It's a good question because we kind of just talked about. Well, I'll tell you my thought yeah. on it is that. Initially, when they make movies, they don't have any th- thoughts for sequels. Right. 
sometimes they have it baked in a little bit where they're like being presumptuous and you think they think they're going to get a sequel and they leave that kind of ending open. But other than that, they're pretty much every movie's like a Hail Mary pass. Right. They don't know if right. they're going to ever, yep. if it's going to connect with people, if they're going to get um, more movies. Now, Marvel can kind of start to think that way. We're about, they, they were thinking, okay, we're going to definitely have all these characters and we're going to interlink them together. So they're kind of like not really sequels, but they're related to each other. So they're ap- able to do it better than most people. And even their sequels, um, like Winter Soldier, have been better than the first Captain America. And so things, there are times where sequels are better, yeah, but yeah. The, the only when you have that kind of system in play, mm. like for the normal movie, like Ghostbusters, when it first came out, they never thought they were going to make a Ghostbusters too. Right. They were just making Ghostbusters. Right. So a lot of those, like RoboCop, they never thought they'd make a second RoboCop. They just, let's see if this fucking sticks. There are exceptions so, to the rule, like Aliens, Terminator 2. Yeah. Uh, Marvel's done, a lot of superhero films are, are the sequels are better. Yeah. Um, and that's because the Spider-Man or- 2. Spider-Man 2 is another good example. That's because the origin story, they have to, they ha- it's pre- you know, they have to do that. And they can really start to play around with the character in the second yeah, one. Yeah, the so, Dark Knight. That's another sequel. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. But sometimes, I would, let me let yeah, me yeah, yeah. jump onto that. Um, so I don't, I, I don't think in general sequels do usually don't work. I don't. I think that's kind of changing because, uh, as Rugby mentioned, a lot of movies are presumptuous in that they have these story arcs that are going to go over multiple films. So a lot now, a lot of the sequels now are are, are better. Um, and there's exceptions that we pointed out. I think another thing about why sequels don't work um, in general is just number one. Remember when, you know, remember the first time you fucked a hot girl? Yeah. Like, that's awesome. Wait, do I? Oh, <laughs> right. Yeah. No, yeah. you don't. Shut no, up. I don't, I'm sorry. But like, it's the, the, the awe. It's the wonder of doing this the first time. It's never going to be like the first time. It's never time. the first time. No. So even if you can have a sequel the awe of seeing that thing for the first time and walking into that movie theater and not knowing what to expect. It's, it can't be recreated. I mean, this is how I feel about like the Deadpool movies. Like the first one was just, you can't recreate seeing that for the first time. Same thing kind of with Ant-Man, same thing with Daredevil season one, that fucking first season, man, when we had none of this, it's still like they got it right. Like it's still so special because somebody Jurassic Park. <laughs> There's another fucking example. Well, here's another thing too: is a lot of times, as Rugby mentioned, they don't have sequels in the plans. Oh, no, they don't have so the story then, for it, and they got so they're scrambling yeah. to make the sequel to put out. It's a money grab, right? Yeah. And a lot of times they fall into the trap of, well, let's just do more of the first movie except bigger, or let's just retell the first movie. Like for instance, Ghostbusters, that sequel. Is just the same. Is the same exact movie as the first movie. Yep, yep. It's just yep, bigger. Yep, yep. Bigger. It bigger. Like yeah. th- that's the thing. Or you know, any a lot of the sequels that fail, they're they're just falling in the trap of let's retell the first story and make it bigger. Well, it's really tricky when you the audience does expect something similar but also different. Like you're never going to please it. Like I, I want to see more of the same, but I want to see it in a different way. What does that mean? Well, I don't want to see like a story that continues, right? But each installment has an ending. Yeah, self-contained. Because, like, think about it. In your life, you have events that end, like high school, yeah, college. Yeah, yeah, And then, you know, marriages and fucking, then you die. <laughs> you know, all that stuff. But, like, you know, there, there are things that happen that, that are self-contained. You could tell the story of that. And so it that kind of thinking 
happens in comics all the time, that serial way of thinking, that overextending arcs, these things that happen, these books, like, you know, Game of Thrones, these books that are all interrelated, right. but are still books that are self-contained right. stories, Harry Potter, yeah. all these things. Yeah. So um, there's a lot more of this stuff out there to kind of set the tone for people to think. So if the movie industry thinks in the same way, like books, for example, think, or comics think, then they can kind of make these sequels better. They, um, but I, it's, it's a lot like they think more like the music industry. It's a lot. If you think about it, it's a lot like bands who are like you got a band that's gigging. They, they take years to work up a set of songs. They get a record deal. They put out the first album. The first album is always really good. And then the record company's like, oh, we need another one next year. I know you took you 16 years to, to work on this one, but now make us another one. And sometimes the sophomore effort just doesn't fucking live up. Well, yeah, because you're doing it because you have to do right. it, not because right. you want right. to do right. it. Right, right, right. Right. You know, the, the more we think, I think about these sequels thing, I think that's kind of an old trope, why sequels don't work. Oh, they're starting to work. I think they are starting to work. I mean, you brought up the band comment, and yeah, I, yeah. I think a lot of great albums are when people fucking mature and they find out who they really are and they, they release yeah, some they cool develop, shit that yeah. they didn't, like some off-the-wall shit that they were experimenting with. Well, the way it should be is each album, like you get better and better, right. and you evolve, and you hope your audience comes well, with you. This is a thing that you can't just expect anymore. Like, you make a movie, right? Yeah. And back in the day, you made that movie. You didn't like line up the guy for four sequels. No. Right, the contract. right, right. You didn't line up the talent and the pursuit producers and for that movie yeah. in the contract. So like getting the same people to work on the movie, getting the gang back together to make the sequels. Getting the chemistry uh, back is damn near impossible. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, look, the original Star Wars wasn't written to, to be a trilogy. Nope. I mean, in effect, I mean, I think George Lucas had it the in the idea, mind, right, but. But I don't think because so many like the whole the whole story started changing so much and Luke w ended up kissing his sister. Then he didn't. <laughs> and then they weren't getting. Then the Han Solo was getting in there. So like a lot of weird shit was going on. So it, um, now they're thinking about it. Yeah. Now they're like locking these guys up for like contracts for whatever. They know that it, it, this can spin it into into more story and more things. So I think the thinking has changed. I think it is slowly changing, and I think we will see more sequels that well, are Sequels better. are like a, a, a flip of a coin. Yeah. They could either be it's great. True. It's true. Or they could just be like a, a step below. Absolutely. First. All right. Here's the next voicemail. Lewis, pause. Hey, guys. Um, I wanted to touch base on the whole uh, topic of toxic fandom and your opinion sucks. And why did you review this movie this way? You, should, you shouldn't review movies this way. Blah, 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 blah. Because uh, I find it really interesting, and I agree with Rugboy and how movies are a product, and uh, especially if you're adapting um, a story that was already told once before, um, you should, the movies definitely need to be held to a, a certain standard. But then my question is, what is the golden standard? Which movie set the bar that should be used as a reference um, to hold other movies to a certain standard? That that's my question to you guys. Which, what's the golden standard? That is a, a real, good question, Lewis. That's a hard to answer question. Very but hard I'm to answer. Try my darndest. All right, you okay. try. All right. Um, basically, standards change as every movie comes out. Correct. So, for example, Jurassic Park, it set the standard for what a dinosaur movie is. 
for what a dinosaur should look like. So now if you go and you watch another movie that has dinosaurs in it and they're not as good as the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park, they've already kind of missed the standard. All right. Um, basically, comic book movies were thought of to be um, these cheesy movies. And then you get Batman Begins. Yep. That kind of sets a standard of like you can do a realistic Batman yep. where Batman, you don't even see him barely fight in the movie. Yep. You can make Batman scary. You can make him, uh, but you could ground it in reality. So that sets that standard. Like, so every time that something comes and raises the bar, now you can't just do something underneath that without people noticing it. So the standard does get it, moved. It, yeah. There's things that like, for example, like it used to be the standard that people used to talk like, <laughs> you know, when they were bad guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, you know, like it, it was like the stilted dialogue. Yeah. If you watch these old yeah, movies, yeah. it wasn't natural. So now like the standard became, okay, more natural way of speaking, like more natural mannerisms. So all the standards keep going. So like you could take a movie, let's say like The Matrix, all right? It set a standard for number one, camera movements and like slowing down, tech, like sl slowing things down and speeding things up and bullet time and moving a camera around, having um, Kung Fu, like wire Kung Fu in a Hollywood movie, um, all of that shit set the standard for how crazy and complex you can get a story scientifically and still be popcorn. Like all of these things were set into that standard. And then all of a sudden people were making, a lot of people were making matrix, matrix rips, rip off movies. So you could see the standards always being top. So when we talk about, let's say uh Batman versus Superman. Okay. All right. Um, the standard for like, they didn't really, do anything under the standard of like visuals. All right. They're, they were pretty much on the bar, uh, like, you know, in the area of visually yeah, being stylistic. Like it enough. should look. Yes. Yeah. But the idea of what we want from a story was substandard. Yeah. What you, what the, what the viewer would take as bullshit was, was below standard. Like we, the, the viewer is now, knows more about Superman and Batman than they've ever known before. All right. Because yeah. Batman is proliferate the, the animated series and the video games and Arkham, whatever. So like there's so many things of Batman and there's so many things of Superman out now that, that have set that character up. You can't just start bullshitting and going, changing the stand of what these guys are. So there's things that are always set there that are benchmarks. And if you're underneath that, you're always going to be considered a B movie. Or below standards. So what's the what, what, what is this, Anthony? What is the standard for a Godzilla movie for you? Oh, I mean the first one, the original. The original will always standard. be the standard. I mean, if you're looking at you know, that's the original. If you're looking at um, you know where he's fighting somebody, yeah, um, you got to look at like Godzilla versus Mothra, the yeah. first one yeah. that came out. You yeah. got to look at um, Ghidra, the three-headed monster. You got to look at Godzilla versus Destroya. Um, but when does the standard change? Like it always, example, it, it can always change. For example, like in the first movie, they had a suit, right? And then they did, they did the uh, '98 Godzilla, and then they're like, "Oh, this is a sets a standard for computer graphics," but it didn't set the standard for Godzilla because it was so unlike Godzilla. Mm -hmm. So they 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 basically threw that in the garbage. They're like, "Okay, the standard still exists. The old movies still hold a candle. This they're, they're still." Still there, the high say movies, all those guys still did a better Godzilla. And then you come back with 2014, 
now you're like, okay, now I don't know where to go here because they did a CG Godzilla that captures the spirit of what they were trying to do in the suit. Yeah. And now you're like, almost like, okay, where's the standard going to go? You don't really know until this new Godzilla movie comes out, what's going to be the standard. You don't know. Cause they tried to do it with Shin Godzilla and that was subpar. That in the was below category. the Godzilla yes. standard. So you could always oh. see that, that, that two, 2014 is a standard for a computer graphics or any kind of non-suit version of Godzilla. Yeah. It blows away the 98 version. It blows away every other version. Yeah. Uh, I mean, but there's still a standard for suitmation. So they have to fight it out now. In so, for what the standard in some is. ways, uh, Superman 78 is still kind of a, the standard for a wholesome how to portray that character. Wholesome superhero Superman movie. Yes. It's the standard for how a Superman movie should feel. Correct. And then, of course, the, the conversation is going to lead to Star Wars, which is at the end of last episode. We had a lot of a uh, lot of interesting discussion around the end of it. And Star Wars fans. And I have an email from our buddy, super patron, Joe Henry kind of ties into all this. He said, hi, guys, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. And I wanted to reply to the jocks comment that Star Wars fans are hard to please. I have to respectfully disagree. I think there's a big difference between being a critical fan and enjoying a franchise. I think that's a line that Rugboy seems to follow pretty well, honestly. I believe that most Star Wars fans like the prequels, but had some issues here and there with dialogue or character choices. However, with the sequels, I think a lot of fans are turned off by them for different reasons. Original trilogy fans aren't too happy with the way the saga characters of Han and Luke were written, while the prequel trilogy fans weren't given a lot of Sith and Jedi to be happy. And after The Last Jedi, I think a large portion of the average movie-going audience were turned off by the subpar writing. So when it comes to Lucasfilm, if you were alienating your original prequel an average movie fan with your decisions, your product will suffer. Solo's box office is a culmination of this, which will continue with episode nine. Of course, there's more to it than that, but I don't want to make this email too long. Keep up the great work, guys. I decided I would like to pick the movie Predestination with Ethan Hawke oh, to review. It has a crazy plot. And I think it'll be fun to hear the gang's take on it. Joe Henry, thanks for writing in. Predestination is a crazy fucking time travel movie. It's great. Good pick. But, Rugs. We got a lot of movies to review. We do, and we will get started. We got a lot of Patreon orders to fill. We're going to get started very soon. Don't you worry. Uh, Rugs, what do you think about his comments for Star Wars? Like, they feel like they're pretty spot on there. Well, yeah. I mean, like, uh, basically, there are some fans that are going to be fucking assholes and, and never be happy with anything. Um, but there are fans that are a little bit more casual or even like Anthony, who's not really into the franchise that still thought there were problems with these movies. So I think it goes beyond blaming the, these, these toxic fans. I think that that's a scapegoat, like just like, you know, politics, scape, scapegoat people. Yep, and they yep. just like, polarize yep. throw everybody who, who doesn't agree with you a, into one category and you know, whatever. I think that's what the internet does and social media does. And now, like these directors, even Ryan Johnson, he's going after these guys and and calling them losers and geeks and whatever. But these are the guys that came to see your movie. So I don't know what that's about. But if you don't like his movie, then you're some kind of an asshole <laughs> and whatever. So I think that it's weird that um that 
these people think that these fans cannot be satiated. I think that they can. I think it's very simple. That they aren't um, hard to please. And I gave a bunch of stuff in the uh You did in, in the, the nation. Group, you were like three easy things to fix five, five things, things that they can and do. That was a great post. And I think you're right. The person running the show, the person making these decisions, this is where the blame has to lie because it starts from the top there and they're clearly they don't know who their audience is. And in the meantime, they're alienating all their different audiences. It's like they're they're trying to like get new fans. Right. But at the same time, like those fans are not going to be the real fucking diehard fans that are going to carry you. Yeah. They're going to die off. Yeah. And then when they're when they're gone, you're going to miss them. Yeah. You need to create as much excitement and awe and all that stuff to these new kids that are going to love it. And I think that these kids are just taking it as a passing thing and they're fighting about it because they like to fight with old people. <laughs> old people are wrong. They don't know what the fuck they're talking about. <laughs> well, you're going to see just like that, the, the RoboCop uh, fandom is probably not there as, 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 as rabid as it but should it, be or but as they, alien. They will show up. Those guys will show Those up. Those guys will they, show up because they will. They just will because they like that shit, and they're not that. Alien doesn't have a a, a backstory or a a legend around it. It's just we want to see aliens kick people's ass. So it's like there's not. I mean, they really Scott tried to make it into some kind of story, and people didn't like that either with the Covenant and all that other shit. I just think that Star Wars, if they're smart. They have a lot of things that they can use. There's lots of but they have a lot. There's a lot of tools that they're they're not using, and right now they're doing things that are that defy logic. So, I mean, I just watched it again. I started watching Last Jedi again. All right, yeah. the Last Jedi literally everybody dies because people just don't do what they're supposed to do. Yeah. So okay, in the first scene. Poe Dameron goes and starts this attack against this gigantic fucking starship. And then he flicks off Princess Leia. And he causes all those people driving. Why doesn't Princess Leia just go, okay, uh, Poe Dameron can go fuck himself. Everybody come back. She's the leader. Don't listen to Poe. And uh, and he calls in the bombers and then they all die because he's a dick. Why, why can't she override his his rule? I don't know. The first she's the leader. You know, I watched like the first half hour of that movie and there's so many moments and I'm like, I remember. I'm like, what is this? Like, all right, this is a, and then there's nothing. Then the lady with the purple hair. Yeah, hold up. She waits till they're firing onto all the other escape ships to fucking do the thing where she <laughs> she crashes the ship into the other ship. She should have done it the, as soon as they. When the dreadnought guys would have died. Yes. Plus, I still bothered me how slow those fucking bombers are. Like, how is this effective? No, it's it's so stupid. <laughs> how is this an effective means it's of so an attack? It's so dumb. So, like, it's nothing to do with anything. It's just when you're watching, it's just frustrating. Got, and, like, the, and the Leia floating Mary Poppins in space. I still, I'm like, why, why, why would you do that? I don't understand. What is this? It still doesn't make sense. This is a lot of Star Wars talk. We always end up talking about Star Wars. Anthony, <laughs> comment on any of this? You got anything? Uh, since he addressed me, I feel like I should have commented, right? He did. He he, did, uh, you know, disagrees. Star Wars fans aren't hard to please. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he, and to your, you, I don't really have an, I don't really have an opinion on. In your defense, you were a little it bit seems buzzed like they, when you said that last uh, yeah, episode. I, just, so. I don't remember what I even said. I don't think you do. So um, it's fine. <laughs> but from the outside, it does seem like Star Wars fans are hard to please. Uh, I mean, they can be. They can be, but it doesn't have to be that way. They can be, but I think that. You could get it right enough that 
even though that they might not like it, it's still right. Right. Enough. So James Mangold had a couple of great tweets about fan backlash, uh, uh, where he says at the point when working and directing for big franchises has become the emotionally loaded equivalent of writing a new chapter of the Bible with the probable danger of being stoned and called a blasphemer. Then a lot of bolder minds are going to leave these films to hacks and corporate boards. Good. We don't watch you on these movies. Go, go take a fucking bath mangle. <laughs> you don't like what he's saying. You're too much of a pussy. <laughs> All right, you don't have the stones to do it. I could do it. He says I could fucking do he, it. So someone goes, they already have. And he says, if you feel that is the case, if you feel filmmakers are just corporate tools and powerless, then why bitch at us in the case of Ryan Johnson and Chris McQuarrie? I assure you, these cats are not owned. They actually fight your battles behind the scenes. Well, I don't think Ryan Johnson fought anybody's battles. No, he got to do whatever he wanted to. Yeah, I think that he just said, oh, fuck you guys. So this last tweet's interesting. He says, the fervor of some attacks has hungry. an evangelical <laughs> ferocity. We're almost done, Anthony. Now, I get it. It caused for many folks, including me, the Star Wars saga holds a tremendous spiritual power, similar to a religious text. But we must remember to try to handle our disappointments the way that Yoda might, as opposed to Darth. Look, if you're, if you're the Russo brothers... Yeah. You got no problem because yeah. you're doing the right thing. Good. That's true. You're keeping the essence. That's true. You're, you're, you're bringing the fucking A game. You're making people happy. No, 70% of the time. All right. Most of the time you're hitting it out of the park. So whatever. You don't have the balls to fucking take some rejection. Then don't do it. It's not for you. Mangle. Go, go play with a Wolverine. But man, and that's <laughs> he's going to do. He may be doing the Boba Fett movie if that ever happens. Yeah. Whatever. So I mean, come on. Dip his toe you're in being there. a pussy because you're getting backlash. All right. Get Look, out the fuck. Anthony's <laughs> getting hungry. Hey, shut the fuck up. I'm doing something. And when you hear Chaz, you know that it's time to go. It's the end of the show. Rugs, where can the listener find you? You can find me. I'm going to be tweeting Mr. Mangold right now. Okay, oh. at, at really rug boy. At really rug boy. Also, Rugs is uh, fast becoming friends with movie Bob. Uh, get friendly with him. That would be fun. Get him on the show. Uh, a few announcements before we peace out. If you want to buy a Jock and Nerd t-shirt or a, uh, a cell phone cover or some stickers, our sale, uh, our store this week is on sale July 18th to July 22nd. If you visit jockandnerd.com slash shop, everything's up to 30% off. So you can get $14 t-shirts, $30 crewnecks, $20 phone cases. It's a great deal. Make sure you subscribe to the show so you never miss a show. And of course, Tell a friend, spread the geekery, grab their Android phone, install the Google podcast app, and then subscribe it. Add us to their home screen. They'll thank you. Believe me. They'll thank you. Just like I'm thanking you for listening to the Jock and Nerd podcast. My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the jock. He's a nerd. I'll peep you next time. Yeah. <laughs> I really went hard at Bango. You did. I'm pumped. Well, I just yeah, don't understand it. <laughs> James Mangold, you're going to get a tongue lashing from Rugboy. You're like, you nerds are chasing us away from doing our jobs. <laughs> I won't do it if you guys are bitches. Ah, uh, yes. I'll do it. I know you're Judo. Well, Jogging nerd.